Blog Talk Radio. It is all good. Well, we are about ready to get started. We're actually on the air. All right, let's go. Uh, yeah, we're on. Did you already start the intro music? everybody doing? This is Everett Sands with the West Foundation Sports Talk Show. We are happy to have you all here on September 2nd. we got a great lineup in store for you, and we are excited. Um, again, first and foremost, as always, I just want to thank the Lord for giving us this opportunity, and we are, we are definitely ready to make some things happen. And with the West Foundation, we, we just want to do so many things just to help kids. And we are looking for the opportunities just to touch kids' lives. You know, one of the things that I was thinking about and I wanted to sort of hit on today is just thinking about success. And the first thing, what is the first step in being successful? You know, a lot of times I ask kids that, and I hear great answers, such as um, hard work, dedication, and, and, and things of that sort. But you know, the first step in being successful is to choose to be successful. And when you make that choice, regardless of the obstacles that that come in front of you, you're not going to allow that to stop you. But if you're just on the fence and haven't really made that choice, the first obstacle that comes along might make you turn around. But the other thing you've got to think about is your choices also have a big decision whether you are successful or not. And the thing is, we're not always going to make good choices, but the key is to learn from those bad choices. And if we learn from them, then we have an opportunity to get better from them. I heard Kobe Bryant speaking about how he learned more from the losses than he did from the wins. Now, he still wanted to learn from the wins, but he learned so much from the losses. As I looked over some things that uh, – I had Coach Spurrier. Coach Spurrier gave us when I was coaching there at Carolina. One of them was talking about John Wooden and his definition of success. And that was the peace of mind and self-satisfaction in knowing that you've done your best to be the best that you can be. John Gordon said the successful people do ordinary things better than anybody else. The successful people aren't that much better than anybody else, but they are simply a little better at a lot of things. Everyone thinks that success is complicated, but it's really simple. In fact, the best don't do anything different. They just do the ordinary things better. 
So to be successful, I got to do the little things. And that's one thing that if God's played for me, they heard it. And actually my co-host tonight is one guy that played for me, which I introduce here in a second, is we break down on the little things. Because I truly believe if you take care of the little things, the big things are going to take care of themselves. Most people do the big things right. But the people that, that really go on and, and get on that curve above the line, they do those little things right all the time. And another thing that I got from Coach Spurrier was if you believe in yourself and have dedication and pride, and the key here is never quit, you will be a winner. And I'm going to say that again. If you believe in yourself, because it's very important to believe in yourself, and you got to also have dedication and pride, and not a negative pride, but a pride that I'm going to do the best that I can, and I'm going to take pride in my work. And the key is never quit. Because one thing that I have, I went to the Citadel, and in the inside of my ring it says, winners never quit and quitters never win. But if you never quit, you're going to be a winner. And then I, I started thinking, what does it take to win in sports? And really I think it's kind of simple. I got to bust my behind in the weight room. I got to bust my behind in practice. I got to think I got to get better every day. Nutrition is so important. And then the last thing is make good choices. We're coming back to that word choices again. I got to be morally correct. And you know, one of my favorite books is Talent is Never Enough by, by uh, John Maxwell. And he talks about how talent is only going to take you so far. Because sooner or later, you're going to run into somebody as talented as you. And then another thing is if you're talented and you do things the wrong way, you don't have character and integrity, it's going to catch up with you sooner or later. So I got to make sure that I'm not only doing busting my behind in the weight room, busting my behind in practice, making sure that I'm paying attention to my nutrition, I got to make good choices. And here's my thought here, one more thought for you, and that is the only way to affect the future is with what you do today. Now, this week, I was actually talking to a, a lady and just made me think about this. So uh, she was just saying how her grandkids never call. Uh, she just don't hear from them. So if you have grandparents that are alive or great-grandparents, please just pick up the phone and give them a call. Let them know that you're thinking about them. I know with COVID, you might not have opportunity to get down to see them, but it, it'll do their hearts good if you just pick up the phone and give them a call. Today I have joining me um, as my co-host, one of my former players. Uh, his name is Jalen Rhodes. He is currently an assistant coach at Northeastern uh, University in Louisiana, and, and he is the epitome of the game, not loving him back. He's definitely talented enough to be playing right now on the next level, but unfortunately some things happen, an injury here and there, and that didn't happen. Uh, but Jalen. How you doing? We're glad to have you with us today. You there? Everett, I think I think you've got me. Hello? Uh, yeah. You got me? I'm sorry. Who's this? Jalen. Everett, this is Rob okay. Greer. Oh, Rob, okay. All right. Well, Jalen, Jalen, you there? Yes, sir. I'm still here. All right. Hey, we're, we're definitely happy to have you on. Rob, I'll get to you in one second. 
Uh, but Jalen, we're happy to have you on. How's everything going? Oh, everything's going fine. I, I, I can't complain at all. Well, good, good. Now, I know that uh, you all are not playing right now, right? Yes, sir. No, we're uh, we're not playing this fall. We're waiting for spring. Cool, cool. So how has this time been for you all? I know that uh, – well, actually, are, are the kids even on campus? Oh, yes, sir. They're on campus. We're allowed to do certain things, but you just have to follow CDC guidelines and make sure everything's up to date and you're following uh, the correct – uh, standards and protocols and making sure people are tested and taken care of. Right. But okay. we have you a few guys on campus. We're doing right workouts. Say it again. Okay. So you all are doing workouts. Are you practicing or just working out? Um, we were practicing, but some things happened. So we had to do a little shift in here and there, but we've continued to work out since the beginning of uh, the school year. So things have been right. going pretty smoothly so far. Okay. All right. Well, good. Good, good, good. The um, We've had several postponements this year. Um, you know, last week we had Houston versus Baylor was postponed. We had BYU versus Army, FAU versus Georgia Southern, UNC Charlotte versus North Carolina. So what do you think of the postponements? I know it's COVID-related. A lot of them are. Um, what do you think of uh, all those? And do you think we're going to have more postponements in the future? Um, I I truly do believe that there will be more in the future. Um, I think it's unfortunate what's going on as far as getting the, the kids and coaches' hopes up, you know, to compete and be a part of something mm-hmm. and then reeling it back in at the last minute. But when you when you sit back and think about it, you want to make sure that everyone is safe and everyone's protected. So even right. though it's something that's hard to do and, and nobody truly wants it, it's 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 what needs to be done to make sure that everyone is taken care of and everybody's safe. Right. Right. Okay. All right. Now, so what is do y'all have a, a schedule as far as are y'all going to go back to practicing here before the end of semester, or are y'all just going to wait till next semester? Um. So we're today we had some information released that we would be allowed to have 15 practices this fall within a span of 30 days. So that will mm-hmm. pretty much be our spring season in the fall, and then we'll have our fall season in the spring. So we don't have, right. a, like, a set schedule yet, but that is mm-hmm. what we plan to do. Okay. The um, What does the spring schedule look like? Have they given you a start date yet? No, sir. They haven't. Okay. So it's still up in the air, up in the air. Yes, sir. Hoping okay. for the best. Yep. Yeah, well, hopefully you all get an opportunity to play. You know, hopefully you get an opportunity to play. So you got you got spring ball in the fall, and then fall ball in the spring, and then I guess there would be no spring ball, and you go back to getting ready for fall ball again. That's that's the hard that part. Of, yeah, that's the hard part. Yep, it is because I'm not sure how season to be, and then you got a couple of months to get back ready. Well, that's going to be interesting. That's going to be interesting. So, well, what Very do you think of all the games that have been played the last couple of weeks? Any, any I've games? Been, I've been very UTSA? surprised. Right. Your, your alma mater, uh, UTSA, are, are sitting at 2-0 and right now, which is good. It's wonderful. It's a great, great thing to sit back and watch 
where I was and see how far they've come as a program and just where they are now. So I've been very happy and pleased to see them do well on the big screen. Well, good. But I've been very surprised by a lot of these upsets that have been going on lately. Right, right. Now, I wonder, and we're going to hit on this in a second too, does the lack of spring ball and the no real fall ball, I mean, you had a little fall ball, but not like normal. Does that even the playing field a little bit? What do you think? I don't know if it would necessarily even the playing field. I think it all depends on the culture and the leadership mm-hmm. of that of the program that you're a part of because everyone's going through the same situation, but how you view it, how you choose right. to attack and seize the day, that mm-hmm. solely depends on the leadership and the culture of your program. So I, I truly believe it's, it's an evil, an even level, even level playing field. We just right. Everyone has to be right. brought in towards the same goal. Exactly, exactly. Well, I know. I think that uh, Coastal Carolina. I think it was two other schools have an advantage because they were able to finish spring ball before everything got shut down. Ah. Uh, so yeah, because uh, you know I was at Coastal there in the spring and started on signing day, um, or in. So he was able to finish spring ball and, and got through it all before the, the shutdown happened, uh, including the spring game. So I think that's a little advantage to them. Uh, and they've been playing well. They had a, a great game against Kansas. And then they had, uh, I think it was Campbell last week. And I think they're off this week. And then I know UTSA has Middle Tennessee this week. I believe right? so. I believe so. All right. All right. So I know that's, that's one that you'll be definitely paying attention to. Oh, of now, course, of course. Now, let me ask you this question. And, and it's really not a question uh, uh, that there's a definitive answer for. Um, but one of the things that I was thinking would probably happen once everything came back is that it would be a couple of weeks of just training before they actually got into football. Um, and I'm sure that's what happened with several schools. But in the NFL, there were seven torn ACLs this past weekend. Um, and I don't know. I don't, I don't know if there's a scientific reason to it, but you'd wonder does the lack of OTAs and, and minicamp and true preseason and preseason games, does that have an effect on it? I mean, what's your, it's just an opinion, but what is your opinion on that? Uh, I, I, I do believe that it had an effect on it because – I'm a firm believer in, in muscle memory and just, like, the way that the body operates. I don't believe that mm. starters are used to being on the field this early in the season. So right. I think that has something to do with what's what's going on. But I could be wrong. It could just be a bunch of freak accidents. Like, you, you honestly, exactly. you never know. Exactly. Yep, yep. And that's one that I know is no scientific reason I don't think they'll be able to find. But, you know, you just got to wonder and ask questions. And that's the tough thing right now. There's there's no real answers to a lot of what we're talking about. And it's just you got to continue just to keep fighting and keep working to get better and make sure you're taking care of your body and uh, and go from there. Now, if they called you up, if you got a call right now, are you physically ready to go play? Oh, no, sir. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's over with for me and my body. 
I can't. <laughs> I can't do it. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, hey, as, as I said earlier, I think you were definitely talented, but your body just didn't want to cooperate the full time. Uh, but uh, it, and unfortunately, that's what happens. And you know, that's one of the big things that we want to uh, look at at the West Foundation is that sometimes your sport doesn't love you back. And, yes, sir. you know, just more from from an injury standpoint, because um, there's a lot of people that are athletic enough and talented enough to play the next level, but for one reason or another, it doesn't happen. Um, so you got to make sure that putting yourself in position to be successful after your football or basketball or baseball or soccer or whatever your chosen sport is, when that's over, you got to make sure you, you've got yourself in position to be successful. And that's one of the things that we want to make sure that we help open some doors, um, help teach some kids some different skill sets to put them in that position where they can be successful. And then I know for some it's it's a mental thing as well that they got to get over. Um, so how was the transition from you, for you from the end of your career into coaching? How was that transition? Oh uh, well, in the beginning, it it was it was it was very rough. Uh, I had a a bit of a identity issue from from being an athlete my whole life, and then trying to figure out what my next move and next step was going to be. I knew I wanted to be a part of the game still, but I just didn't know in what capacity. So after right. a few weeks of just prayer and talking to to people that are in my life, and 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 just getting a lot of feedback. I made a decision to uh to venture out up north and, and, and start my coaching career and see what see what I what I could do in this field and then just right see how I could impact others because understanding and knowing how many people have impacted me, like yourself. Um so yeah, I'd say at first it was rough but I'm I'm starting to get the hang of it. I feel like I'm making a an even better transition as we speak. So I feel like things are Good. going well. Good, 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 good. How was that first season for you last year? I'm sorry, could you say that again? I said, how was that first season for you last year? Oh, uh, the first season was a great experience. Uh, I had a winning season. A great, great group of guys that I that I was blessed and fortunate enough to coach, and a great program to be a part of. So I was very fortunate with my first my first coaching experience. Well, that's a good thing. That is a good thing. Some people aren't that lucky. And uh, so definitely enjoy that. And I know you're uh, happy to be down there at Northeastern. That's a step up for you. And hopefully that's just the beginning, the first step up. And you'll have a lot yes, more sir. there. And a lot more in the future. Now the uh, now that you're, you're coaching, um, of course, I'm sure you're not training like you used to train. Oh, no, so sir. What what do you do with your time now, especially with COVID? So how how has that transition with COVID been? What are you doing with that extra time? Because, you know, of course, after one season, you know you don't get as much time as you have right now. So this extra time, what are you doing with it? I've been doing a lot of reading and breathing exercises, and I've started yoga, and, I, and I'm a okay. I'm a jogger now. Now, nobody really? really knows this, but you have an idea. I didn't really like to run when I played. Right. But now, 
I don't have I don't need a ball, I don't need a, a touchdown or a finish line, I can just go out there and run. <laughs> well, hey, you you still got me a little bit cuz uh I will go out there and run. Um but it's, I'd rather be chasing the ball. Oh, I'm right there with you. I'd rather be scoring touchdowns all day. <laughs> hey, even if even if it's not football, whether it's a softball, a racquetball, a golf ball, I'd just rather be chasing the ball than just running. Um, even though I still do run, though. I still get out there and get my runs in. Um, but I'd still rather be chasing the ball. Definitely. Definitely. So we're going to have to get you out there on the racquetball course. You all have any racquetball courts in Northeast? Uh, I have not seen any. That would be uh, a first for me to get out there on the racquetball court. Right, right. And we have to get you out there, man. That's, it's all about hand-eye coordination, a little bit of lateral quickness, which I know you have. And uh, But it's it's a fun game. It's definitely a fun game. Now, the uh, this week coming up, which games are you planning on besides the UTSA Middle Tennessee? Which one's going to be a big one for you? What do you think is going to be big? Because, you know, one of the things that, that's going to happen is SEC is getting ready to start playing. Um, so is there any games you have earmarked? I'm ready to see Alabama play. Like, I'm okay. sure everyone <laughs> understand, knows what they're going to do, but I just want to see how Nick Saban and his crew – have handled this whole situation. I know if anyone's handled it to the best of it, their ability, I believe it would be him. Right, right. And they opened up with Missouri. They opened up with Missouri, which Missouri is they got a pretty good squad. They had a couple of injuries last year that sort of uh, had them slow down last year. But uh, I think they got a chance to be pretty good this year. So it's uh, I think it's going to be a pretty good game. It's going to be a pretty good game. Anybody playing big in Texas? You want to see? Not that I'm not that I'm familiar with. I've been I've been focused on uh Northwestern State football. I hear you. I hear you. And you all are just practicing right now. Yes, sir. So the um So what is your what is your weekly schedule look like right now, being that you all are not you haven't started the fifteen or the fifteen practices. So what does that weekly schedule look like? Honestly, just staff meetings and taking care of any work that hasn't been tended to or any film that hasn't been tended to. I'm just trying to get things in order so whenever things do get up and running again, we can make a smooth transition and just continue to move forward. So it's pretty much just getting things in a good order for whenever the guys can return. Right, right. The, uh, how are the kids handling this non-football fall? Uh, it's, it's, I think it's very tough on them. Uh, you know, uh, at the young age that they're at, a lot of them aren't very vocal, so you kind of read them through body language and facial expressions and things like that, but you can tell that a, a, mm-hmm. a good amount aren't happy. They would rather be out there on the field in the sun, sweating, enjoying themselves, playing the games they love. But, you know, the the circumstances of life right now just won't allow it. So they're right. Right. They're a bit bummed out, but I, I will say that they're all pushing forward and they're 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 staying focused. They're keeping their heads down and they're working hard. So uh I I commend them for what they're doing. Okay. Good, good, good. 
Well, hey, just thinking of last week, uh, unfortunately, Clemson beat up on my Citadel Bulldogs a little bit, um, which, hey, the the good thing is Clemson didn't score in the second half. So was that the Citadel defense blowing up or Clemson letting the foot off the, off the gas a little bit? I don't know. But uh, but I think one shocker that I saw this this past week was Marshall beating App State. I didn't see that yes. one coming. And so the question for me is: Is Marshall's freshman quarterback Grant Wells is he truly the real deal, or or is it him just in a groove right now? Um, so it's it's gonna be an interesting week. Uh, we got a lot of good games coming up. But hey, let's talk about the day. We got a great lineup today. A great lineup today. We got Brian Turk, um, who was with me when I was at the University of South Carolina. He is now the head coach at Limestone College. Uh, we'll have him on tonight. Then we'll also have Joe Horn. Um, Joe Horn uh, was an NFL player. Um, he actually played with the Chiefs, also with uh, the Saints. I think he spent a season with the uh, Atlanta Falcons. Next, we're going to have Will Brown. Now, Will Brown works with Exos, and Exos is a company that trains athletes, um, some of them in college, some of them uh, are professional athletes, and uh, he's a program coordinator with them. And then we're going to bring on Devontae Holloman, um, who is a head high school coach at South Point, one of the great high schools in Rock Hill. And football in South Carolina starts this week, uh, high school football, that is. So there's a lot of excitement going around the state because everybody's ready to get things rolling. Now, I know uh, in Texas they've been playing, but what about in Louisiana? Have they been playing already? No, sir. The the, the season has not started yet for Louisiana. I think it'll be about a week or two before they get it up and going. Okay. So they got a couple of weeks away. But uh, South Carolina is getting ready to get it kicked off this weekend. And I know the kids are excited. And I know the coach are excited as well. So uh, we'll finish tonight off with talking with Devontae Holloman. Um, but we're getting ready to bring on Brian Turk here uh, as soon as we come out of this break. And we will talk to you all and see everybody in a few minutes. Joy. And she was in love. I 
crazy is probably the word I would say I am right now, uh, not having football, but uh, blessed to be on here with you and blessed to find some silver lining and some family time throughout all this stuff, but trying to remain positive. Well, good, well, good, good. good. The, uh, this is definitely a different year, a year that I think nobody, not many people living has, have ever been through a pandemic. The last one was in 1918, so there might be a few that's running around. <laughs> and uh, I'm sure it was vastly different than what we're going through right now. Um, and I wonder how much football got played that year. I haven't sat back and looked. I wonder how right. much football got played back then. But we are definitely looking forward to getting some football back. So how was that transition? Or how was the spring? We're going to go all the way back to the spring. How was the spring, not having spring ball? How did that affect you all? You know, it was really hard. I, I finished my first year as a head coach here uh, in 2019. We had some – felt like we had some nice momentum. We had broken a 15-game losing streak. Uh, started really competing in some ball games and putting ourselves in good situations. We had a nice winter conditioning, uh, lifting. Uh, and then we got into spring ball, really excited as a staff. Uh, we got three practices in. Like I've always said, I've never heard a coach really talk about having a bad spring practice. We had three nice practices. Uh, we went to spring break, mm-hmm. and uh, we never came back. And um, it was really hard. As you, as you know, you're, we're all creatures of habit. So as a coach, you've already got your your schedule mm-hmm. planned out for a calendar year. And so we went on spring break. I went on a little trip with my family and came back, and we were told we were, we were shut down until further notice. And uh, it's something I've never experienced before, like you were just saying a second ago. Right, right. Now, the, do they have everybody back on campus, or are they going remote right now? So that's a, yeah, that's a great question. We um we're actually back on campus. Uh, our the South Atlantic Conference, the SAC eight, it used to be called. People know it by it down here in the South. And uh, most of the schools mm-hmm. are on are back on. Most of the football playing schools are back in in class. Uh, we started back in August uh, August seventeenth to be exact. And uh, we've been in classroom. We've uh, had some options available for uh, students who are either uh, quarantined through contact tracing or who you know are asymptomatic or symptomatic carriers of COVID, they have a, a virtual option when they go into isolation or quarantine. Um, and I've learned more about those terms and COVID than I, I hope to, I, I hope to forget it sometime soon. I just want this to <laughs> kind of stuff to kind of go away to get back to real life. But um, it's been, it's been hard. Our kids um, are, are on campus and they they really want to get back to work. Um, you know, we've even gotten right. to the point where we had to take a little bit of a pause just to, level out our numbers and all that kind of stuff and our contacts. And uh, so we've been back to Zoom meetings, which at first was kind of a fun novelty. And now it's really honestly pretty obnoxious. Um, you know, you still have those technical difficulties and um, it's hard to teach and install offenses and stuff. And when you're on Zoom, I mean, we, we're blessed to have be still running the same offense we've run now for two years and the defense is be able to settle in. But I feel bad for some of these staffs that are coming in, no spring ball, nothing to do on the field until now uh, through Zoom. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
That is, it's got to be tough. It's got to be tough. The, did you all have much of a summer conditioning, or was it? Well, you know, it's, it's so different, Division Two. I mean, um, when we were at Carolina, you know, they're there in June and July, and July is kind mm-hmm. of like the that month of the coaches kind of get a little bit of chance for vacation. Uh, Division Two is so right. different. Uh, you know, it's it's really more almost like a throwback to old school football. Like there's, you, you know, every school tries to get guys up on campus, but they've got to take summer school and they've got to pay for that. And um, so mm. to, to long, long or shorter answer to what you asked me, we were here in July. We had about two weeks of um, action. And then once that we found out our season was delayed a little bit, I, I ended up pulling the plug um, just because I didn't think it was the best uh best for our kids to be there and in a moment where our season already got pushed back to what would have been this weekend would have been our opening weekend um, had right. we have gone with a delayed start. But we ended up moving to the spring eventually too, which I had an idea was going to happen. The, now, do they have a start date for you in the spring? No. We, uh, so we have definitely going to play a spring schedule. It'll be conference only. and It's going to be reduced. Um, we don't have an actual starting date yet. We're, we've had several conference calls. Uh, with the head coaches in our conference and our commissioner, who's I think does a fantastic job for our, our conference. Um, but mm-hmm. we have uh, just still trying to work out the kinks because, you know, the recruiting schedule has not changed. And uh, it's trying to figure out how we're going to get a season in amongst basketball, uh, soccer, lacrosse, all these other spring sports, baseball, uh, to squeeze the football season in there and all the fall sports that got pushed back. It's uh, That's the part mm-hmm. where it becomes where you realize – the difference between a University of South Carolina and a Limestone University of resources and people who can cover the games and all the stuff that goes into it. Now, one of the things that I wondered about is this talk about possibly having a spring schedule is just from a trainer standpoint, um, normally during the fall, probably 75% of the student trainers are with football. So now mm-hmm. if you have football in the spring, how are they going to be able to split that up? Well, you're, you're hitting the nail on the head. That's one of the big issues we've had uh, is trying to figure – and that's one of the things that's kind of got into the coverage term of what I was kind of alluding to of you got basketball going on the same night as men's lacrosse and then women's lacrosse plays after them. And so you got to have coverage from a trainer standpoint. That has been one of the biggest logistical issues that there is, you know, getting people to cover the game in terms of, you know, sports information directors or personnel and in, in sports administration, that you can work that part out, but making sure the players are safe and the product on the field is, is going to be at a high level and the kids can feel safe. That's the part where, to your point, is it's an excellent question, is how is that going to look? And I think that's part of the uh, – I could see us playing maybe some games on Thursday or even potentially like a Monday nights uh, to kind of fit mm-hmm. in with the schedules of the athletic trainers. Right, right. Okay. Now, something that you had said earlier, you was talking about um, recruiting. Mm-hmm. How does – and actually, before I even ask this question, um, if you have questions, please call in. The number to call in is 323-784-9681. Again, that's 323-784-9681. But recruiting, the recruiting schedule hasn't changed, but everything is dead. Yeah, so, so oh. it's dead for the D1s. Uh, so it's, it's different for us a little bit. We have a little bit different set of rules. I'm sorry, oh. I didn't mean to cut you off. Okay. All right. So so you all can go out and recruit right now. 
we are technically in the eval period. For So for those who don't know, that's the time where, just like what Coach is saying, we can go out and watch a game. Uh, we can go out and evaluate. I can't have contact with the players. Um, but we have, you know, it's different. Like, you know, there's – you remember the rules of recruiting tests you have to take of the eval mm-hmm. days you're limited to in Division One and Division Two. there's really not a, a cap on eval days. Um, right. So we could – I could go watch – a bunch of games Friday night if I wanted to. Um, and, you know, it's some of those things where it's, it's, it's hard to balance those things because, you know, you're, like I mentioned earlier, such a creature of habit in the fall season is, okay, we have a game on Saturday. We're going to have recruits into that game. I'm talking to uh, this parent's mom on Thursday and you kind of have a rhythm right now. It's you're trying to navigate these COVID waters, but also trying to keep some normalcy of recruiting meetings and, and watching prospect mm-hmm. tape and, uh, that part has just gotten to be where it's tough. I, I really do feel for this class of 2021. It's it's kind of right. we felt bad for 2020s, but 2021 this season is getting affected. Yeah, yeah. Because like at least 2020 didn't get to walk, but at least the recruiting process for football specifically was done um, at that Correct. point. Correct, 100%. And, and that's just a question because I, I would imagine there's some big time guys where they already got their offers, um, but. You know, just spending so much time in recruiting, it was there were some guys that you thought was pretty good in February, March, and then by the time they got to the summer, they had blown up, and mm-hmm. they had offers from all the way across the country. Where right this year, those kids didn't get spring practice, they didn't get an opportunity to come to go to camps, so. This fall season is going to be huge for them. Right. It's hard because and the whole thing, like you said, you don't get the summer camps either. Right. Right. And so no summer camps, no spring ball, no spring eval. Um, I imagine there's going to be some kids that uh, could have possibly went bigger than they're going to end up going. Yeah, I totally think so, Coach. I really do. I, I think it's you know it's one of those things. You know, you are you're on Twitter a lot as a coach, obviously, because that's one of your mm-hmm. first points of contact, and you're seeing all these big schools. And, and even when we were at South Carolina, you know, you're you're in the 2013 season, but you're recruiting already a year or two in advance. Uh, you're planning out right. and for the future. A uh, Division Two, you're it's almost like old school recruiting. You're you can still kids will pop up on your radar in December and January before National Signing Day in February. And not only that, mm-hmm. I've signed guys after signing day who have come in and been impact players for us um, because that's this division two is just more how your dad and grandpa, I think, kind of remember uh, recruiting more than your older brother does. Your older brother probably understands it more of the, the climate we're in now, but your dad probably is like, well, why, where, where do I send my film? You know, the, they understand that process. That's more of a division two recruiting process. Right, right. Now, the – now, one of the things that happened with recruiting is recruiting became, I'm going to offer you because I want to recruit you. I'm not ready to mm-hmm. accept your commitment. And all those guys that got offers early because they wanted to be recruited, I would imagine some of them tried to commit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, again, if you haven't gone through that whole eval process yet, most people aren't going to accept that commitment. Um, so do you do you find any any kids that sort of get antsy and, and ready to jump? 
Yeah, so that's that's a great point. Um, I think you've seen more early commitments this year than I can remember, even to schools that are not the, the power fives or your traditional blue bloods of college football. You're seeing guys right. committing to an offer as early as they can because, I, you know, it's kind of my theory of like the if you've got a reservation, like you want to take the reservation instead of maybe letting it pass on to somebody else. Um, right. Just to – because just like what you said a second ago, you don't you didn't have all those moments, so you get an offer from an app state or you get an offer from Georgia State or or, or Marshall or whoever, even a power, group of five school, um, you're looking more – you see kids probably jumping on those earlier. Uh, and I think some of the process is when we were in the quarantine, you saw a lot of coaches doing that virtual recruiting um, it's, I think you're going to, it's not going to be missed evaluations, but I think now that mm-hmm. you've gotten into a season, you know how it is in, in season recruiting yep. is so different from out of season recruiting. And I think, exactly. and now with the early signing period, I see some people maybe probably going to get passed over that probably should deserve to play bigger football. Right. Right. And I would also imagine that because normally, normally it is for the power five. If you don't have an offer, by July, you're not going to get one. It's like mm-hmm. very small chance you're going to get one. Of course, this year is different. And are the par fives going to have a, a bunch more scholarships available? Um, and some of those guys that might end up par five go to some of the group of five. Mm-hmm. Because they already got an offer from the group of five. And it's like, I'm going to take this because I know I got something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, could I, be, I, it could be all kind of crazy. And especially now, too, Coach, with the, the waiver they've given everybody uh, for the season, um, you know, there's there's that, that general waiver that's kind of been passed that allows for more eligibility for these guys. Um, mm-hmm. I think you could see the transfer portal being maybe the hottest it's ever been uh, since it's kind of inception a couple of years ago um, to that end of, okay, well, I am I have another year to play. I'm going to go travel over and play at, you know, whatever directional state or wherever. Right. now. Let me ask this question, and I'm not sure if you have a definitive answer or not, um, but that waiver where they get another year, is that if they don't play or they automatically get another year? From my or understanding, for at least I can, I can speak for Division II. Um, I, I can't – I've kind of kind of one of those where you're like your recency bias, so I've, I've kind of – my Division One rules have kind of slid away. But Division right. Two, uh they've passed it where it's – even if we played – uh, six games, seven games, ten games, you got the waiver for the year um, okay. because there's no, there's not going to be a, a, a Division Two national championship this year. Right. Okay. So just like everybody get a fifth or a sixth year. That, that's exactly right. So, yeah. So I wonder, well, are there rules about going up still? You got to sit or is how are yeah. you doing that? Well, I think you can so that, look at the most recent example. You saw the young man from uh, Wingate, who's in our conference. He transferred mm-hmm. to uh, Tarleton State, and then he transferred to South Carolina. Uh, he just got denied his, his waiver to play. Not, you know, Obviously, I'm not wishing any ill on him or anything like that, but that's an example of right, right there. If you see someone going up, they, they sit um, because of just the same rules we've always had. Right, right, which I would imagine, yeah, they do they, yeah. So, but but the thing is, if he sits now, he can play next year. Correct. Mm-hmm. So it's almost Correct. like I'm sitting during the COVID year, um, which I probably wasn't going to play much anyway, so I can go on and be ready to go next year. 
Yeah, there, there's some definite truth to that. And, I, you know, the same thing too, Coach. I mean, you got – if you're a graduating senior and you go into, okay, I've got my – I'm like a, I have a, my fifth-year eligibility, but I've graduated from my institution, you could see some people move up and down according to having that extra, quote-unquote, COVID year or free year to play somewhere. I think right. those grad transfers, I think you'll see a lot of that too. Right, yeah. Because – and I think you see a lot of um, guys that didn't play a lot – I, now I'm going to graduate, and I have two years left to play. So this, and, you mm-hmm. know, I got registered, you know, stayed for three more, but they gave me an extra year, so now I can transfer somewhere else after I graduate and still have two years left to play. That's exactly so, right. That's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be a it's wild be, off season. It is is really going to be a wild off season, and I hope and pray that we're back to some form of normalcy by that time. The, Amen. Um, Send another prayer for me. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, now, are you all getting a fall ball in the, or excuse me, a spring ball in the fall as well? Do I have a certain amount yeah. of practice you can have? Yeah, so you you done the exact same thing I've done every time. I keep calling it spring ball, and I want to say fall ball. Uh, we are getting right. that, and uh, we will start that at Limestone University in the next two weeks. Um, it's um we'll have our you know that that non-championship segment use the fancy NCAA words um, starting in October you know our semester like most uh, universities will end after Thanksgiving break um, or okay. end at Thanksgiving rather we just kind of push through everything we had no fall break no Thanksgiving break um, and so we're we're trying to get our 15 done in the month of October and we'll have uh, finish up early November is the goal for us. Okay. All right. All right. So y'all, y'all get 15 practices? 15 practices, uh, same rules that they used to have at Carolina, three scrimmages. One right. can be the fall game, if you will. Um, right. And then, uh, you know, our goal was to have some on the weekend so we can have some kids up to see what we have to offer um, because it's, you know, just we were missing those those Saturday home games where we can have 50 right. to 100 to more kids show up on campus to see what we're about. Okay. Okay. So you all uh... – well, like you said, it is an eval period, so they can come on campus. They can come on campus, and then technically we can go see them play. Um, but the, right. the goal is to get some people up that we have on our recruiting boards that we'd like to come see in person, and then people that want to come see us and just introduce themselves, we'd love to have them up on campus. Right, right. Okay. That's that's going to be – that would be good. That would be good to have them out there and have some people watch. And, and get a good feel. You know, I was talking with uh, last week. We had Andre Roberts on, and they, he's at Buffalo. And mm-hmm. I sort of asked him, "What was it like to play a real game with nobody in the stands?" And he was like, "It was <laughs> like a spring game. It was like a spring game, <laughs> you know." Yeah. And you know, just watching some of the the NFL games on on television with no fans in the stands is different. It is definitely different. And I you know, think one thing I found funny about all that, Coach, is the the fans that they the simulated noise. Uh, right. The I was watching the Saints game the other day. They had a the boo boo noise for a bad call by the refs. They were <laughs> the simulated boo noise. <laughs> Car- Carson Wentz got simulated booed by his home fans uh, for a Philly home game. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, so I it's uh, it's up. unique. Yes, definitely unique. Definitely unique. And the so 
just just thinking of that, going to games. But you are going to have a conference-only schedule in the spring. Mm-hmm. Do y'all have a start date yet, or is it? No, it's going to be the looks. Looks like right now it's going to be early March as the talks. Now it may okay. be March sixth, maybe March thirteenth, and uh, then trying to get it done by mid-April, uh, somewhere in there. Mid-April. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you're pretty much going to have it done by the start of spring recruiting. Yes, essentially. That's a great point. Mm-hmm. All right. Cool. 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 Well, that's that's going to be interesting. That's going to be interesting. Now, will you all have a conference champion, or is it just? That's playing the yeah. That's the goal. It's uh, you know there's some there's so many proposals been thrown around, and I really like I said I applaud our commissioner and the coaches in our conference for entertaining some kind of unique ideas. We talked about mm-hmm. even at one point doing something similar to like seeding games like the NBA did, and then doing a, a conference tournament similar to like you see in basketball. And so you know you're the six seed playing the three seed, and you if you win that week you move on in the tournament. So. The, everyone would be guaranteed like four to five games. The winner of the conference would have played nine. Um, that number kind of got reduced because of just the timing, like we mentioned earlier, with the coverage by trainers and, and sports administration right. folks. Right, right. Okay. But it was, an, it was okay. a really neat idea, um, but, I, you know, something to think about. Yep, definitely, definitely. And being that the season's already cut down, you're not worried about, you know, putting too much on the players. Yeah, and that's the thing too. You're trying to guard against so it's it's so many. So you're you're trying to finish your recruiting class. You're trying to then prepare for a, a season. Which I mean, I'm going to take it seriously, no matter if it's one game or ten games or whatever it is. And then exactly. you'll finish, and you're going right into recruiting again. So it's going to be it's going to be busy for the coaches for sure. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Because because really, up to that point, I'm sure signing signing day is not going to change. Um, the second signing day is still going to be the first Wednesday in February. That's so it. you're planning for the season, getting ready for recruiting, and then you probably got three or four weeks before the season begins. And so, yeah, it's it's going to be a, a, a sprint, a sprint <laughs> from January to June. Honestly, Coach, till, till, no, really, till December if you think about it. Yeah. Because uh, then yep. you'll have camps in the summertime. Uh, Division two coaches yep. can still work camps. Uh, and that's right. how we, that's a big source of recruiting for us. Uh, I go to exactly. South Carolina, Clemson, Coastal, all those co- other schools around us. Right, right. And then after camps are over, you get ready for the season. Well, you'll probably get a couple of weeks in there off. Uh, yeah, hopefully. And then hopefully. you got to get ready again. And, and then you're ready. You're really ready at that point because now you've hopefully right. – you know, the goal in the spring season is to get your guys some some experience – uh, the, the, the D1 rule that they have where you can play four games in redshirt is one of the best rules right. invented for football in the last couple of years in my oh, opinion. Oh, yeah. No doubt about it. No doubt. Because, you know, I remember, um, I guess it was 2012, where Brandon Wilds had sprained his ankle and he was out when we was ready to, to get him playing. And the last game, you know, everybody got hurt. And we were playing Clemson. And I remember looking back at Brandon, was like, if one more person get hurt, you got to be ready to go. <laughs> That's <laughs> I remember right here. You were hiding until we're on the sideline. Say that again? I said, if I remember right, he was somewhere hiding on the sideline when people started going down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. He's like, coach, I ain't Brandon here now. <laughs> so, yeah. And, and that's, I think that was a great rule um, to help keep players healthy because that was an issue, you know, at times, you know, towards the end of the year, 
you you needed to get an extra body in there. You didn't want to burn the whole year for that, and that put some guys at harm's way. And it, it, it really affects your careers. Yeah, yeah, and it's 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 good because there's some kids you say, hey, we're gonna go and let him play early, and if he can do it, then we'll let him keep playing, or you might want to pull him back. And there's some guys that aren't ready, and you're going to let them play, or you're going to just let them practice, and then by the end of the season, they mm-hmm. might be ready to get some stuff. So it's, mm-hmm. it's a great rule. I really applaud that rule. That was that was definitely a good one. Definitely mm-hmm. a good one. So, now, here's a question for you. Um, all this time, and I know that you spend a lot of time in the office, spend a lot of time at practice, watching film, et cetera, et cetera. What does the missus think about you being home so much right now? <laughs> um, it's It's been a really good thing, honestly, Coach. Um, I laugh because I think she would, would love to have me more, even home even more. Um, you know, the quarantine, I, you know, I, my heart breaks for those who lost loved ones or lost a job. Um, it was the, mm-hmm. for us, it was, it was really nice to just be a family unit um, in that spring season with the recruiting and the practices. I've, I've had more found time, found money, whatever phrase you want to say with my wife and kids and my daughter is going to be eight next month. My son's six, my youngest son is four. And uh, I've been able to be a dad. I came home from zoom meetings this afternoon with our players and I played football in the front yard, which I've never been able to do on October 22nd. Uh, ever, uh, you know, so, or September 22nd, excuse me, and um, mm-hmm. I think she's really enjoyed it. We went, uh, I went apple picking for the first time in my life last weekend. I've uh, never done that in the fall, and, um, uh, you know, it was just one of those things. We're getting a chance to do some stuff that we haven't ever been able to experience, and so as much as there's been so much uh, downgrade of, of our quality of life or we've lost this or that, um, I think if you continue to find the positives and seek out that silver lining, um, it, it's you can find it somewhere, and uh, I realize right. uh, I've been blessed to keep my job, and no one's immediately directed me in the past. But um, the Lord has blessed us in this time, and I really mean that. Yep, it is, and that's the thing. I, I'm a firm believer that life is 10% of what happens, and 90% of how you react to it. And mm. that's something I believe uh, you got to make sure that you find the silver lining in every situation. And that kind of goes back to what I said earlier in, in there, just talking about your choices and how some of your choices aren't going to be good ones. But the key is those bad choices i got to learn from, those bad situations, i got to find something to learn from those things. If not, you're going to find yourself back in that situation again. Mm-hmm. And, and I know we won't necessarily find ourselves back in COVID again, but just in general, we got to make sure that we learn from every situation. Because uh, that can definitely help us be more successful down the road. I totally agree. Now, give me, we're, we're about to wrap up, but if you don't mind, um, you know, one of the big things, and again, I'm just, just talking about success. To me, success is something that's sort of been on my mind. Um, mm-hmm. For a, a young person that has aspirations to go to college uh, and play a sport, regardless if it's football or not, just play a sport. Um, what would you say to them uh, as they prepare? Uh, I think my advice would be not to get caught up uh, in measuring your success by someone else's variables. Uh, And what I mean by that is, like, 
Uh, not everyone's going to be a Hall of Fame Citadel Bulldog running back, uh, and not everyone's going to have a chance to play at the next level. Um, you know, God has called us to run a race that's set before me. Uh, my race is not the same as Everett Sands' race. It's not the same as Devontae Holloman's race. It's it's the set, the race that's been set aside for me and set before me. And so I think we all have aspirations, and I think you don't get into sports at any level uh, if you're not wanting to compete to be the best. Um, but I think if you can honestly say at the end of the day of your career, um, whether it's uh, your high, your, your, your playing career in high school or if you have the, the ability and the privilege to play college football or co- any college sport, um, if you can say you've given it your all and you found a way to improve yourself, and then at the end of the day you get a degree and you've improved your family situation, uh, I think then you, you, there's no way you can't say you're successful. Success can't be measured ultimately by making it to the the professional league of your sport. Um, I think right. you know a great example for me Everett is um, is Jay Yurick, uh, who's a guy who I was lucky to be a part of his recruiting process at University of South Carolina. Uh, he just medically mm-hmm. uh, retired. Uh, there and I, right. I think if you look at his impact at University of South Carolina and you look at his stat sheet, there wasn't much in there. But if you look at his mm-hmm. impact in terms of the people in that locker room, uh, on that campus and in that community, I think you could say Jay Eric is an extremely successful person. And um, right. you know, to me, I, I just think if you get caught up measuring it by the world's variables or if I measure it by someone else's, then you know, there's a great phrase I tell our players all the time: comparison is the thief of joy. And uh, if I'm comparing myself to you, if you and I go to the, go to the gym, Everett, I know you're going to bench me 100% of the time. So if I'm going to compare myself to your bench press, then I'm going to be pretty upset the entire time. But if I'm going to do something right. that's going to help me get better, even 1% better, then I've, I should then have deemed that as, as a success. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. Great words. Great words. Everybody, those are great words from Brian Turk, who's the head coach at Limestone College. We are getting ready to go to a break. And uh, again, this is Everett Sands with the West Foundation Sports Show. Uh, Brian, thank you for joining us. And hopefully we can get you back on here sometime soon, maybe in the middle of uh, your spring ball, so we can talk about how spring ball is going. That'd be great, Everett. All Anytime. Right. Hey, i got nothing but time these days. I'll talk to you here soon. <laughs> well, hey, well, make sure you continue to enjoy that time with that family, because I know once the spring season starts, they won't see you a whole lot. So enjoy that time. Yeah, for sure. Thanks, Coach. Hey, thanks again, and we'll be back in a few minutes. When the night has come and the land is dark and the moon is the only light we'll see No, I won't be afraid Oh, I won't be afraid Just as long as you stand Stand by me So darling Should crumble to the sea. 
everybody doing? This is Everett Sands, Foundation Sports Show, having a little technical difficulties. Um, next up, we're going to have uh, Joe Horn, and he's having a little issue getting off, so we'll bring him on in a few minutes. But just to go over, uh, just looking at the schedule for this week on the college scene, a uh, couple of games um, here in the southeast. I know we have Central Florida um, playing East Carolina. That's going to be a big game. But one of the big things is the SEC is starting to play this week. Outside of the state, we've got Kentucky and Auburn. Um, but the big one, I know that here in South Carolina, everybody's looking at the University of South Carolina and Tennessee. we also got Georgia and Arkansas. Uh, you also have Florida and Ole Miss. Talked a little bit earlier about University of Alabama and Missouri. You also have Vanderbilt, Texas A&M, so it's going to be a full, a full SEC schedule this week. So it's going to be a lot of good football on. So get opportunity to uh, to watch. Another big game is Miami and Florida State. You know, one of the things Miami had a real good game last week. Um, it was pretty impressive there in the third quarter last week. That's one of the games that I had opportunity to watch when they scored two touchdowns in two plays, and both of them were 75-yarders. One of them was a run, another one was a was a pass. But uh, they definitely had some explosive guys there. <clears throat> but uh, this is going to be a great weekend of college football, so anxious to see that. Another big thing this week, which we talk about a little bit later, is we will have uh, Devontae Holloman on just to talk a little bit about high school football. So high school football starts in the state of South Carolina this week. So we are definitely looking forward to that. And I know those kids are, and it's going to be an exciting weekend all around. You're going to have football on Friday night, and then you turn around and you have football on Saturday, and, and then football on Sunday as well. So it is going to be just like old times 
as far as football is concerned here in the state of South Carolina. So we're definitely looking forward to that. The, uh, and I think we've got everything uh, fixed now. Joe, how you doing? Good. How you guys doing? Uh, doing great, man. Doing great. Definitely uh, looking forward to, to having you on and speaking with us a little bit. The, uh, how's, how's your day been? How's the week been going? So far, so good, man. I'm just over here chopping it up with some brothers, man. A couple of guys in town, you. you know, lawyers over here at this little uh, Jamaican restaurant. We're just chopping it up. Well, good. Good, good, good. Well, hey, well, one of the big things here is, you know, SEC football starts this week. And uh, you have a son over there at the University of South Carolina. How's those uh, those Gamecocks? I'm sure they're ready to roll. Yeah, they're ready to roll, man, with this pandemic going on and all the time that they, they've lost and going back and forth, not knowing if the season would happen or not. The guys are excited. I know my son is excited. Well, good, good. Now, from a parental parental standpoint, how was this um, preparation, you know, being not knowing if you're going to play, if, you're going to, if you are going to play, um, with the season pushed back, how was that whole preparation uh, for your son? Well, I basically tried to follow the guidelines and listen to the, the so-called doctors that was giving us information. <clears throat> but at, at the end of the day, I wanted uh, to have the correct flu. I mean, the correct vitamins for my son. I told him, look, son, you vitamin C, vitamin D, uh, stuff like that, a lot of water, and try to keep his immune system great. And uh, whatever right. happens from then on after he's working out just happens, you know. So we're not – he, what we weren't, I weren't too scared about it. You know, I'm the, I'm the type of person that I believe whatever in life is supposed to happen always does. So he yeah, was, he wasn't too worried about it, and, and and that's how we that's how we prepare. Well, good, 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 good. The uh, now I know I'm sure that you all have a gym at the house who so was able to continue working out. Um, but how was that time period where it was really you, you know you're out of school, you're you just grinding by yourself. You know, how was that for him? I'm sure you, he had you there pushing him. From the old school. I get in the floor and do sit-ups and push-ups, and I can run in place. So I can slide across the floor. You can get a workout in if you want to get your body a workout in. Um, I know nowadays right. these kids think you have to be in a $20 million facility just to have a workout to work out good for you. And that wasn't J.C. J.C. did his sit-ups, his push-ups, he drank water. Um, everything you could do with your body, he tried to do that. So, did. you know, he was, he was okay. prepared. Good, 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 good. Now, when do they start um, lifting and running? When do they report I don't, back? I can't recall. Right, right off my head, I can't recall, man, but they was doing right. it that, maybe was three it, months ago. Yeah, so, that, so they got back early June or mid-June? I think so. I can't I can't recall the okay. date. I, I don't want to give you dates. Right. Right. I don't really yeah. know the dates. Yeah, I don't know the specific date. I just wasn't sure if it was June or July when they got back out there. Um, but uh, – now how you? How you, I know you had a chance to get by a couple of the scrimmages. How uh, how did all the boys look? They look good. They look good, man. They they no no injuries. Um, the guys were excited to get back on the field. Once you get athletes who who who's not playing football for a while, when they were supposedly playing in the spring, once they get back on the field, man, they're they're balls to the wall. Exactly. 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 The uh, now you had opportunity to uh, you had an interesting story. Um, tell us about your story and your path to the NFL. Uh, it's too long for your radio show, but I'll try to make it brief. I started <laughs> in the high school, and I wasn't academically inclined like I should have been. I took the junior college route. I didn't have a father in the home. 
and I did some things that you weren't supposed to do, like not go to class, like, um, right. <laughs> um, you know, you know, they basically was a hothead on the football team and did things my way. But I grew up, and the more and more I got my butt whooped, the more with life, the more I grew up. And I had an opportunity to most high God, my ancestors put me in a position to give me the athletic ability to, to play football. And that's what I did. You know, I, I believe mm-hmm. everything that's, that everything that happened is, is always meant to happen. So I, I'm here because of, of the most high God and my ancestors. So that's to make right. a long story short. My career was long. It took a long way to get to where I had to get to. I was successful. I was a little successful and I was able to have children to teach them the blueprint on how to get to where they needed to get to. Right, right, and that's that's definitely important, definitely important. Unfortunately, a lot of times uh, there's a lot of kids that don't have that father figure uh, in the home or in their life uh, to give them those lessons. So uh, that's definitely important, and, uh, and I know those kids, your kids, definitely appreciate that. The uh, no course, just looking, just looking, and just, and I know this is opinion. Um, but just looking at the NFL games, there's a lot of injuries this past week. Um, do you think that can be contributed to the lack of preseason, or is that more of a just freak accident? I think we had another technical difficulty. I think I lost him again. I think I lost him again. So let me just hit him back. Modern day technology. Sometimes it uh it doesn't work with you um as as you want it to. But uh you know Joe Horn actually had a great career and, and as he said he didn't always uh do all the things that he that he should have done. And that goes back to what we were talking about earlier. How I gotta it's all about your choices. And if you make bad choices Eventually, you're going to make some bad choices. The key is to learn from them. And and one of the big things that he said there is that I grew up. Um, he was making bad decisions, uh, making bad choices, um, but he grew up. He learned from them. And when he got the opportunity to shine, he did so. So, uh, you know, just uh, to color in the picture a little bit, he actually uh, went to junior college and then I had opportunity to go to the NFL from there. Oh, so I'm back. Hey, you back? All right, hey, we lost you there. We're sorry about that. Um, but what I was asking you was, there was a a, a lot of injuries, um, NFL wise. Do you think that could be contributed to the lack of preseason, or is it just you know one of those things, just a bad week? You know, you never know. You just never know, man. I mean, some guys right. train. It could have, it could have been that some of the guys weren't training as much. It could have been they were training too much. You just never know. Right. If it's, if a player if a person is going to go down, no one has control over when a person is going to blow out their knee, when they're going to play right. the whole season and go to the Pro Bowl. Everybody's different. Everybody's life is different, man. You just have to take the good with the bad. Have a mental state mm-hmm. that it's going to be okay, and you and you deal with it. And the coaches deal with the, their losses, and the players who get or who, who get injured. They go back to the drawing board, get their knee strong or whatever, and come back. So I don't think, right. me personally, I don't think there's a reason why guys have a lot of injuries. I mean, every year they have injuries in the NFL. Yep. That's true. That's very true. Very true. Very true. I, the, I like, um, like some people say, when some people say, be careful, be safe, don't get hurt, that's ridiculous. 
yeah, to me that's. I mean, how if you're gonna play, you gotta play. <laughs> it's one of those. If you go around thinking, well, I, I don't want to get hurt, you're gonna get hurt. You know, it's one Absolutely of those no things. If you think about that, that's what you're gonna get. You know, you, right. you just gotta go play. Go play. That's right. And hey, let let the let the uh, the pins fall where they may, but I'm gonna go out there and give everything I got. You know. And that's that's what I think you you got to do. There's no other way to play the game, especially the game of football. There's no other way to do that. Um, so it is what it is. It is what it is. So we're gonna go stick with the NFL right now. Uh, you had an opportunity to watch a lot of the games. Uh, I have. I, I sat around and watched a couple games. I did. Yep. Right. So what do you what do you think of the season so far? Who's, who's really so standing far, out it, to it, you? It, it's so different. It's so different. It's so different because different guys they um, they they play off the um, the crowd. Some guys have to have right. people watching them. Um, they have to smell exactly. the popcorn. They have to, you know, that makes some players play. And without the fans, right. you get to see the real men. You you get to see the real ballers. Who are the real guys who comes to practice? Don't need anyone to watch them. That can that can run through people, catch balls, and do what they have to do. And and that's what I like about it. You get to see the real ball. Players. Right. Right. That's true. That is true. Because uh, you know, it's I imagine it's kind of like being at practice because you don't have any fans. There. And, yeah. and I didn't need. I didn't need a fan watching me. I didn't need a fan watching me at all. Me and me, me and my team can go to a dumpster in the in, in the in the in the hood, and whoever the best athlete right. was, whoever worked the hardest, is going to win that that battle. I didn't need thousands of people, millions of people watching. Right, right. That's it. That's it. Now, what was um, you know as we're talking about your career in your mind? What was it that you did? Because you know I was. Talk about something earlier. You talked about the the successful people. They just do the ordinary things better. What were some of the things that you just did better than everybody else? Worked out on my own. Pushed myself. Didn't need anyone to try to make me better. I got better on my own. I prayed. I ate ate the food I ate. I loved my family, and I worked out hard. I stayed up at two or three o'clock in the morning. Sometimes when others other the average athlete would go to bed at twelve o'clock. So I just. Right. Overdid things that would make my body prepared for my for my my challenge, and that's the key. Just doing the the little things better than everybody else. Yep. And that is yep. that is huge. And that is, right there is huge, and I'm sure you pass that down to uh, to your kids as well. The um, no question. Now, on the college game, and I'm sure you watched some of those games as well. How do you think uh, that game? has been affected by COVID? Uh, it has. It has been affected. A lot, a lot of the family members, uh, mothers, fathers, families are scared that their child may end right. up getting it. But at the end of the day, um, um, uh, Nick Saban said something something that was profound. He said, you can get COVID uh, at home. You can, you can get yep. sick uh, in a store. Your friend, your girlfriend can give it to you. College football and being on campus isn't the main, re- the main source of a player getting COVID. So it would probably right. be safer if they were at, at college and they were quarantined together as one and playing football. Mm-hmm. So, number one, they wouldn't be mentally unstable, um, not playing football. They'll be together. So I think football was needed because this thing could right. be overblown. It could really be deadly, which it obviously it is. But you can always, always 
you can also take something to another certain point where it's not bigger and bigger than better than it really is. And I think they, that that's happened with college football. That's why I'm, one of the, I'm glad my son played. One of the reasons I'm glad he didn't opt out. Right, right. The um, and I'll, one of the things about whether you opt out or not, um, I know on the Division Two level they said we just had a Division Two head coach on. They were going to get another year. Now, are they at a Division One level? Are they getting another year regardless if they play or not? Yes. They are. Okay. Yes. So they're just they're, – now they automatically just get another year, which is good because I, I know this year is a little different. It's a lot different, a lot different. Now, the it looks like the, the uh, Big Ten are going to play. They're going to start up here uh, next month. Do you think the Pac-12 is going to end up playing, or do you think they're going to sort of continue to, to sit out? I don't know. You never know. Day by day, they do, they're doing different things. You got to understand some guys. <clears throat> COVID is very serious. It is. Um, there are it's obviously mm-hmm. serious because there are people dying from it. But um, right. if you see the SEC plan, you see the ACC plan, you see other other leagues plan. It can be devastating for a Pac-12 or something like that to sit out in the year and go great for other 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 leagues too. So I exactly. think they're making the best decision for their division. I think they should stand strong with it. They should be safe. Better. It's always better to be safe than sorry. And I think whoever the no president doubt. is, whoever the athletic director is, and the head coach is, they should stick with their guns. Tell their kids they're not going to come back until this thing is done or it's, it's a program set up that they know that they're safe. And until that happens, they should not play football. Period. Other people are different. So, yep, yep, that's true. That's true. So it's it is really a individual decision or individual school decision. And if they choose not to, then that's their right. It's true. So, yeah, now you have another son playing somewhere too, right? University. He's a freshman, uh, Jacob Horn, wide receiver, freshman down there. Not playing a lot, but he's getting some work in, and the coaches love him to death down there. Um, so I'm, I'm very excited for my son down there. And I have another son that played in the – he's, he's, he's fiddling around the NFL trying to get some workouts, but he played in the XFL before they shut the season down, Joe Horn Jr. So I have three boys playing football, and, you know, hopefully one day they can all meet up. Right, right. Good. Good. The um, Now, Texas State, they uh, they had a, a tough one um, against UTSA a couple of weeks ago because um, mm-hmm. they lost in overtime. The, yes. um, and, uh, and they got Boston College this week, right? Yep. So they, they are Absolutely. sure they're going to Boston College. And that's going to be a, another tough one for them to go up there. But it looked like, because I was at UTSA, so we played Texas State when I was at UTSA. And the team that I saw, because I just saw some highlights, was definitely much, uh, they definitely moved forward. And it looked like they're doing a lot of good things. Um, so they're, they're moving on the right track. And I imagine he's going to be a big part of that there in the future. Absolutely. Tee it up, work hard, work hard, and let the, let the chips fall where they may. Strap it up. And, and, and leave it out on leave it out on the field. Let the chips fall where they may. Well good. Good. Now the XFL, you think that's gonna get started back up? <clears throat> Absolutely. Dwayne Dwayne Rock Johnson brought the league back. Okay. All right. All right. So Rock bought the league. Um and I imagine are they gonna go back in the spring again like they did last year or are they sort of waiting to see what yes. happens? They're waiting to see what happens, but the spring is their date. Right, but the thought is they're going to get started back up in the spring. If the listen, if the NFL football can find a way to play, everybody else in next in, when twenty twenty one get here will find a way to play. Right, right, right. Which, yeah, that is that is true. 
That is true. Now the <clears throat> one of the things looked like the XFL was putting a pretty good product on the field, and uh, things were going. And unfortunately, it did happen. Now, who was your son playing for? The New York Gal. I think I forgot the Galaxy or New York Generals. I forgot their name. New York something. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. How were they doing? Yeah, the friends, there was there was three and two. I mean, two and three or something like that. They, they were they were fighting for a playoff spot, but they were working well and right. giving other players opportunities. Okay. Now, is he a receiver as well? Is he a DB? He's a receiver. All right. So your middle child decided to be a DB. Yeah, I, I, I made him. I made I made him a DB. JC could have okay. been a receiver as well, but I made him a DB. I wanted him to play defensive back. Okay. What was your thought there? Just I wanted him to do different things. I wanted him to be able to cover his brother, okay. his brother be able to work out against him, them compete with one right. another, and I wanted to see a DB, and I wanted to see a wide receiver. So it was something that the dad wanted to do. Right. right. I also have a four-year-old okay. right now who's going to be a quarterback. All right. All right. What is his name? Jace. J-A-C-E Horn. Jace. Okay. All right. So hopefully um, the other ones get get a chance to play a long time in the league and he can catch up with them. No question. So we're good. Good, good, good. So you're you going to bring another one in after that or you've done it for? You know, I, you, you never know. You never know. I, don't, I, I never want to say never. You never say never. Everybody right. say bye and go. Right. That's true. That's true. That's very true. Very true. So, well, good, 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 good. The um, now your four-year-old, which he's not in school yet, so he he's not really affected by COVID, right? No, I I don't go around with him a mask on, man. Listen, listen, right. I, and I'm not yeah. I, I'm not under talking COVID. If if it's, right. if, if, if the Most High God or whoever you serve, if it's your if, if he feels like it's time for you to get COVID. And it's time for you to go on a ventilator and get out of here. That's going to be your time. That's going to be your checkout date. So I, I'm not a big thing about you know having you know wear a mask around and stuff like that because it's not really known if, if, if you'll catch it in the air, touching something on the ground. They don't even know it themselves. So hey, I'll wear a mask in the building. I'll wear it at a restaurant, but I'm not going to put my son a mask on. And, and, and if it's time for him to go, then the Most High God and my ancestors, his ancestors, are going to take him, going to going to get him, get him his checkout date. Right. Right, understand that. Understand that. Then you know the toughest thing with COVID is there's so many unknowns. Um, yeah, and, and no, nobody knows, and, and that's the yeah. tough thing. That is a really tough thing, but it's uh, it's sort of it, it's definitely thrown a wrench in the normal um, football arena. And right, absolutely. so good to see football starting to get back out there again. Good to see the. SEC rolling this weekend. Uh, I know we got Tennessee coming in against South Carolina. I think Tennessee beat South Carolina last year, so I know South Carolina got a chip on their shoulder, ready to take that back. No question. Um, now this is not sure of. Um, what is South Carolina's uh, rule on having fans in the stands? Are they going to allow any fans, or they're going to keep everybody 20, out? I think twenty thousand. I think twenty thousand. Okay. Yep. All right. That's it. All right. So twenty thousand. The um, which I'm sure those twenty thousand to be there and making a lot of noise because that's one of the things that that I missed at, at Williams Bryce is when when you rolled out now 
know, Carolina faithful were going to be there. Uh, no and doubt. It was, uh, and it's definitely they're they're rock the house. They were rock the That's house. That's right, buddy. And it's and it's definitely something okay. uh, I think is one of the, I think it's one of the loudest stadiums in the country. Without a doubt, no question. And and it's uh it's it's something that uh that roar is different. It definitely is. That roar is different. I know with twenty thousand, it's not going to be the same, but I'm sure it's still going to be pretty loud. Yeah, Absolutely, it's, it's definitely something good. Yeah, so. it, but hey, we are uh, we're getting ready to wrap up. But before we wrap up, okay, buddy. Um, one of the big things that that we want to do is make sure that kids understand that they can be successful without being a professional athlete. Now we want them to chase their dream, um, but we got to make sure they're ready for, for life after their sport. So if you have a a young man or a young woman that, that has aspirations to go to college and play professional sports. Um, what kind of things are you going to tell them um, to help prepare them for that? Never let anyone take their dream away. Always believe in yourself. Listen to your parents. Listen to your adults and believe in yourself and strive every morning to be the best. If you do that and don't worry about anyone telling you what you can't do and believe in yourself, you'll be successful in life. I appreciate you guys. I love you, my man. I met you at the golf course. I look forward to, li- to talking yep. to you again. Call me, guys, and let's do this again. Hey, hey, Joe, we appreciate it. You have a great day, and we're going to take a little God break. Bless you. Everybody, you have to go. Thanks. God bless. God bless. moment so different and so new was like any other until I kissed you and then it happened it took me by surprise I knew that you felt it too by the look in your eyes sweeter than wine Softer than the summer night Everything I want I have Whenever I hold you tight This magic moment While your lips are close to mine Will last forever
Hey, how's everybody doing? This is Everett Sands with the West uh, Foundation Sports Show. And we've had, uh, just got finished talking with Joe Horn, who has uh, several sons, a couple of them playing in, in college football, one playing XFL. He's already talking about his youngest son, Jace, who's going to be a, a, another star at quarterback. But right now, we're now moving on over to Will Brown. Will is a, uh, he is a program coordinator with Exos. And Exos, and we'll let him tell us a little bit more about Exos, uh, but Exos, they work with elite athletes, um, both male and female, professional, college, uh, and younger as well. Will, definitely uh, want to say thank you uh, for joining us, and welcome to the show. I appreciate y'all having me on, Everett. Well, good. The, uh, now, Will, uh, just to let everybody know how I know Will, Will and his father and I are really good friends. We used to live in the same neighborhood back when I was in San Antonio. Um, but, uh, but Will, tell us a little bit about Exos. Yeah, so Exos is a human performance company. Of course, a lot of people know Exos for training elite athletes, getting ready for the combine, the NFL combine, that is. And any sport, whether that be basketball, football, baseball, there's a system that requires getting to that peak performance. And so it's centered around four pillars. That's your mindset, your movement, your nutrition, and your recovery. And through those pillars, we get a personalized program for each one of the athletes, and we're able to just identify what's going to take them to that elite level. And so um, we've worked with players from Pat Mahomes to Diana Taurasi uh, to Aaron Judge. And so at this point, it's, it's really making people understand that this type of system, it helps all people. It's not just for elite athletes. It's for anybody that's looking to upgrade their life. Right. Okay. So mindset, movement, nutrition, and recovery. That's right. right? That's right. Those four pillars. So uh, you're starting off with the mental wellness side of things. So, And, and I imagine that I know for me at times, um, now probably the the sport I probably play more than anything is golf. That mindset is such an important part of it um, because it's, you know, hey, you sort of get what you think a lot of times. And if you think bad, bad things happen. You think good, it's more likely to happen. Is that kind of what the mindset you, you're working on, just making sure that they're thinking from a positive standpoint? Yeah, you definitely want to have a positive mindset for sure, but it's, it's really keeping you stress-free understanding where your anxiety comes from so that you're able to practice different habits that are just not you ha- not have you stressing out how you usually do or make you understand what's your purpose for what you're trying to do. If you got a, a sense of purpose for your actions and your training, then you're much more likely to push through and have that grit that you need to, to get the job done. Right, right. Okay. All right. All right. And then the movement, of course, is the athletic piece. The nutrition is so important, so important. And I know a lot of a lot of people don't really understand how important that is um, because you can't outwork a bad diet. And uh, so nah. I imagine you all do a lot with that nutrition piece. Oh, yeah, and that's the number one. I wouldn't say the number one focus, but that's the hardest thing for people to overcome because that's that's what our habits are. That's what our culture is sometimes, and you feel like uh, certain things you got to eat to get full 
or you feel like it's certain ways that you got to um, have that diet set up so that you're able to put on weight or you're able to lose weight. But either way, we got to come up with something that you can do consistently, right? And once we're able right. to do that, we can put you on a plan that's personalized to you that gives you that purpose to hit your goals and helps you understand that we're trying to eat to live and not live to eat. Huh? Nice. Well, can you work out so you can eat? <laughs> I mean, you can you you can try it, but that's going to be a cycle that's not going to end in your favor. I promise you that. <laughs> hey, sometimes that's how I feel. I work out so I can eat, but I know I need to do better. I know I need to do better. Then the recovery and then we, aspect. We always think about the 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 outer appearance when we say how we look, right? We want to make sure right. that. Right our actual body is functioning properly so that we may have all of the muscles and the six-packs and all that, but you may have high blood pressure or diabetes. And so that's not the way we right. need to be trending at all. Mm-hmm. The, um, and, uh, and I know we can, we can sit here and talk about nutrition the whole time, but we won't. Um, but uh, but that, that is definitely an important piece, and I know that's one thing that I probably need to do a better job of as well. And I'm sure most people can do a better job on the nutrition side. Um, now, the recovery side, what kind of things you are looking at on the recovery side? Well, that, that rolls a little bit more into my realm um, in terms of the technology and the products. Of course, big on stretch therapy, um, ice baths, um, making sure that you're getting your physical therapy and at the sense of body maintenance and not just going with something that's it's messed up. I'm going to my physical therapist right after my training session just so I'm sore, just right. if I'm sore so I don't get that inflammation uh, buildup. So anything that we could do recovery-wise, whether it be the normal cupping or the, the the stem, they do some acupuncture needle. It's a lot of things they do on the recovery side that needs to be attacked as hard as the training is, but my expertise lies in the technology around recovery. So we're looking at any product such as Normatec or Hyperice that's used for massage therapy or maybe some type of heating and cooling therapy, um, things of that nature. Uh, we're trying to get those products optimized so that they really help the athletes get back to peak performance. Okay. Now, one thing that you that you hit on there, let me ask you about, is the ice bath. How important are ice baths? I mean, it's supremely important. I, I, I have a love-hate relationship with ice baths. Like, personally, I would rather not ever take an ice bath again. But when I first started taking them and I could see how my legs was coming back, it was amazing. It was like every time I had a tough workout and I didn't feel like I was going to have the energy the next day, I knew if I took an ice bath, my legs was going to come back. And it has a lot to do with the blood flow, the inflammation that it removes, and it gets rid of that pain indicator and allows you to just focus and get back to your training rather than just being beat up and letting your muscles stay out of that recovery mode. So it, it increases the recovery cycle, and if it helps me with my recovery, it helps me with my money, I'm going to get ice. I'm going to hop in the ice bath when I got to. Right, right, right. So, yeah, okay. Okay, okay. That's one of the, as you say, I got to love, I don't, I don't, I've never developed the love part of that relationship. It's just a hate hate relationship. With me and I. <laughs> just a hate. <laughs> it's just a hate hate relationship. That's one of those you get in there, I'm just like, dude, really? 
That's all right. I think I'll pass. But I know it's one of the things I probably need to add to my routine. Now, you keep talking about the technology behind it. Can you can you delve into that a little bit more on the recovery side? Yeah, so so when it comes to technology, that's that's the wave. That's how the industry is trending, whether that be physical therapy, whether that be athletic training. And so there are certain products that are on the line, on the market right now, that assist in recovery, like helping you get back to peak performance faster. So back in the right. day, they used to have the cryo chambers that uh, T.O. was one of the people that first made the little popular was the cryotherapy chambers. And so um, right. I'm, I'm, my mistake, not the cryotherapy chambers, the hyperbolic chambers where you're able to go in okay. and get the extra oxygen flow. Um, so that's one piece of technology that is available. Um, cryotherapy, as I said, is the similar effect of an ice bath. Um, Exos doesn't use it just because it hasn't been on the market as long to have that much market research, but I have done it personally, and it feels pretty good. Um, the effects, right. um, like I said, it gets you right back. It makes you feel like you're able to recover faster. Um, products like Hyperice, they have these automatic massage guns that feel really good. Like, it's, it's a great gift. I'm trying to get my fiance to buy me one low-key, so I don't know if she's listening today, but in case... <laughs> They they just have a lot of products that that really focus on that massage therapy and put it in the athlete's hands so they're able to do some things outside of the, the training facility and still get right. So um, all the recovery tools are supposed to make it so that the athlete can take their own recovery practices into their own hands. Okay. All right. So recovery is really going to be a, a, a big part of that, which is which is cool. Well, good, good. Now, you said that uh, when we were talking earlier that you work with, uh, you know, males and females. Um, specific sports, I know football is one of them. Um, specific sports you all work with more than others, or is it just anybody that wants to uh, get better? Yeah, it's definitely anybody that wants to get better. Um I would say the population base is, is it's a large group for the NFL combine, large NFL okay. offseason season group as well. Um, but we have a lot of baseball guys that come in, all of the um, Arizona, Arizona Coyotes team, the hockey team out here in Phoenix, they train with us. So there's a multitude okay. of sports. I would say that the, the combine was just one of the areas that we really, really excelled in. Right, right. Okay. Well, most of uh, those combine guys, you're one of the big guys or one of the big groups that they come to uh, to help prepare them. So I would imagine you all help on the 40s and all of that. And I guess that's that's probably, of course, one of the big um, tests that everybody looks at at the combine. You know whether you're a player or not. It's like what 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 kind of forty do you run? Um, how much better can you get on a forty from a technique standpoint? You can get supremely better. Like if you had, especially if you don't have a track background. Like if you just played football your whole life, or you stopped running track after high school, chances are you haven't worked on your running form because that's not really something that we focus on in football practice. 
feel me? So, like, right. I went from – my first day, I went out there and ran a 4.7. And by the right. time I left, I was running in the low 4.5s. So, it was like okay. shaving off two-tenths of a second of my 40 time is is everything. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And it wasn't a yep. matter of me not necessarily getting faster. It was just getting my mechanics right so I can max out my potential. Right. Right, right. So it is technique, technique, technique. But you got to have some speed there as well. So you're a five-one guy. Don't come in there expecting to run a four-six, right? Not unless his form is just trash. You know, I have seen some major jumps. Like I ain't gonna lie, I've seen some major jumps. But then I've also seen some guys that come in and they already run four threes, and so we don't got to do nothing but keep you healthy. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Now the just just speaking of, of we had some guys when I was out there at uh, University of Texas San Antonio that went and trained with some guys and it was almost like it was they didn't do any on conditioning where they came to the to the uh, workouts and were just like dead so I don't know if it was overtraining or lack of training or or. So I imagine there's got to be some conditioning that you all do as well, right? Oh, absolutely. We we call it energy systems development. And so everything that EXOS does from a conditioning standpoint is structured. Um, it builds upon the last week's training. And so you're not just going out there to run until you dog tired and dying. Like you actually have right. a structured program that gets your endurance up. Endurance, endurance, endurance. Well, good, good. Now, so uh, you were doing some other things besides Exos as well, right? Yeah, yeah, a lot, <laughs> for real. I'm trying to just keep it all under control and moving. Right, right, which I know that you uh, you have a clothing line that you're working on. Yeah, yeah, so it's my brother back in St. Louis, Travis Williams, child of T-Spit. Um, he came up with the brand and the logos and the motto is Real is Rare. So Real is Rare is really just a way of life where you're just not compromising your character for any reason, um, even if it's for a good position or a bag of money. you always staying true to yourself and staying authentic in every room that you are. And uh, the brand is just to represent that and to remind us who we are. So it's been it's been doing well, especially out here in Phoenix since I've been moving out here. Uh, just making a lot of traction. A lot of people like the logos and the and the clothes right. that we putting out. So we're keeping it pushing. Okay. Is there? You all got a uh, a website presence? Yeah, yeah. So you can go online and check it out. www.realestwearbrand.com. Uh, www.realestwearbrand.com. Okay. Okay. And what else are you doing? And so outside of that. Um, also, run a podcast weekly, weekly on Tuesdays. So later on tonight, I'm gonna be on there. Um, it's called the Double Up Podcast, where we just have different guests on and connect perspectives, talk about our stories and how we can build to to, to help the collective for real. And so, um, running that podcast, um, working with a lot of the youth in the local Phoenix area, especially the football players. So I train DBs out here. Got to make sure they right for the season and help them out with just the history that I know and the, the game that I love. And 
from there, we're also pushing a program called Pursue My Passion, where we're helping athletes get connected to different mentors and former athletes who are actually doing the things they love. So if you know a former athlete that became a musician or became a lawyer, you connect with them and they help you get an internship or um, if there's a business that wants to partner with athletes, we help them get deals that actually have some equity involved. Uh, we got some quality lawyers who are able to make it make sense to the athletes so they don't always just take a bag of money. They have a real partnership. So um, that right. Pursue My Passion initiative, that's big for me right now too with the football training. And then to kind of bring it all together, uh, we run a health and wellness service called Alkaline Activated where we really push the alkaline meal plan uh, created by Dr. Sebi. Um, it's, it's vegan-based, but it cuts out all of the processed foods and the genetically modified foods, so we're able to fight off these diseases and these viruses and keep our bodies healthy so we can live how we're supposed to. And with alkaline activated, you know, you can't just have your food right without having your mind and your spirit right, too, so... You make sure that you right. get your yoga in, you get your mobility sessions, your, your meditation. So it's 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 a lot, G. I'm I'm doing the podcast, the clothing line, the foundation, and the health and wellness service. But it, it's all right. for a purpose, and it all keeps me motivated. Well, that's good. That's good. Because, you know, one of the big things that we, and we're going to have to partner with you all, because um, the big thing that we want, kids to understand is that they can be successful without being a professional athlete. You know, we want them to chase their dream, but sooner or later that that sport's going to end for you. It might be 18, it might be 21, it might be 25, might be 35, but it's going to end at some point. And you still got a lot of life to live. Um, so we want to help kids put them in position where they can be successful. And and I think that's that's definitely something important that we got to make sure that the kids understand that. And I, I've seen a lot of them put almost all their eggs in that basket, and and all of a sudden when it doesn't work out, um, it's almost a depression at times. Um, so we we don't want that to happen, and we got to just make sure we give them some tools, give them some tools. And, and what you're doing is just setting them up with different mentors. That's a great deal. And like I said, we'll definitely talk more on that so we can possibly add that into uh, what we're looking to do as well. The Now, how long oh, have you no, all been doing that? Right Go ahead. I mean, I said, how long have you all been doing the mentoring and, and all of that? So we've had the, the nonprofit on the books officially for a year, but, I mean, I've been doing this since, since high school, you know, just this type of mentorship right. and this type of community building. Right, exactly, 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 and that's that's important. That's important because it's you know one of the things that to me is disappointing. Um, you know, as you look, and they say the average athlete is broke five years after he finishes playing professional ball, and you know, for some of them that's a lot of money that comes through their hands. Um, but again, if you have no, a lot of them don't have no guidance. You don't have guidance. It's hard to, to be able to put yourself in that position where you're going to be set up for the rest of your life. Um, so, there's so many different things that we can do for kids, and, and I think that the thing that we got to make sure that, that we're able to do 
is we know everybody's not going to make it to the NFL or the NBA or Major League Baseball or, or professional soccer. But they learn so much from athletics. You know, one of the things with athletics to me is one of the last places that kids are held accountable. And another big thing is it's a team, you know, it's a team deal. So you just not, it's just not you. Your teammates are counting on you as well. Uh, so I think athletics is so important, but there's so much more to be learned besides athletics. And sometimes athletes just identify themselves as an athlete and not anything else. And we just got to find some different ways so they can just not identify themselves as an athlete. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I think it starts with our family structures. And when you think about sports and entertainment in general, that was our way out of poverty. That was the way that we saw as a tangible, demonstrated means to change your circumstances in one generation. And so I don't blame people when they identify so much with athletes and entertainers because that's how the system was set up. It was set up to push that narrative and set up to – program that narrative and reinforce it and reward that narrative as well so that when the young boys are looking at different ideas it's like yeah you can do that but that's the road less traveled and you probably don't have a mentor and you probably don't have a mentor that's from where you're from who carries himself in the way that you carry yourself and so if you don't have mm-hmm. nobody that you identify with that really connects with you and takes the time to push you then yeah you'll only see yourself as an athlete because that's what America wants you to see yourself as. That's a good point. That is a great point. A great point. So that mentor program is, is designed to help give them some opportunities to uh, identify with some other people, right? Exactly. It's completely changing and rewriting that narrative in a way that now we taking control of it and not just showing them and giving them somebody to connect with, but providing, like you say, real tools so that I can get a job, so that I can get a brand partnership, so that I can do something that's equitable that's really going to help my family out. Exactly, exactly. And that's, you know, that's one of the rewarding things as a coach to uh, be able to see, you know, one of your players go on, regardless if it's in professional sports or it's as a doctor or a lawyer or a businessman and just seeing them being successful and providing for their family, you know, that just sort of, like I said, as a coach sort of lets me know, Hey, I had an opportunity to help develop that young man, which is good. And, and being able to, to put a mentor system in place is definitely a great idea and something that we're going to definitely look to do as well. Yeah. Like you got to, like they say, be the change you're trying to see. And I never had just a real mentor doing what I'm doing right now who could really provide those tools for me. And so it was like, all right, maybe I got to make that blueprint or maybe I got to find the right people that can make this less of a a lift for the next generation so that they can come, step in, handle their business. No, it ain't going to be easy, but also know that they got support and they got structure and they got people that's going to bat for them. That's cool. And that's something that, again, I think you just learn from athletics, that grit, knowing that, hey, there's sometimes I don't feel like doing it, but I got to go do it anyway. And and I think that's one of those things that you learn from that, and, and then hopefully you'll be able to go on and carry it on to real life. And when those opportunities come, you got to make sure you take advantage. 
because every day is not going to be a good day. And when those days aren't good days, if that happens on the field, you keep fighting. And that's what you got to do outside. The and that's what you got to do. So Now, um, going back to Exos for a second, and uh, you all training right now, y'all more working with, well, baseball season is going on. I mean, everything's going on right now. So is there a sport in particular you're working with heavy right now? Well, yeah, fall is one of those weird times where everybody is in season. And so the only people that are really training are some of the Olympic athletes or people that are getting ready for track seasons, things of that nature. But, like, you look on TV, especially with COVID throwing off the schedules and everything, there's yeah. a lot of free agents who are coming in in all sports, guys who aren't on teams right now. But um, really the just the whole experience is a little bit different because we're not as packed as we used to be. Exos isn't the same, just jam-packed facility. We're not jam-packed in a bad way, but just busy, right. high-volume mm-hmm. facility that it normally is. It's more appointment-based and um, get in on a more private type of training session. Okay. From a training perspective, um, you've got a, a young person that's inspiration is, hey, I want to play at the next level. I want to go to college, or if I'm in college, I want to go play professionally. Just from a training perspective, um, what would be some advice you would give to them um, just to help prepare them for what they got to do? As simple as it sounds, man, just be a pro. Like, come in and, and take your training as serious as you would the World Series. Like, I see the most elite all-star athletes come in and attack training sessions as if they ain't never had a contract before. And so if you see people who are worth millions coming in and they're able to still come in with that grit and still come in with that same type of accountability while I'm being disciplined with my diet, I'm locked in on all of my recovery sessions. My mental is on point. I'm not letting things stress me out and distract me from my goals. And then I'm coming in and I'm killing the training. Like, being consistent across those four pillars, being a pro, like treating the people in the building with respect and dignity, you're going to get the results because the coaches and the trainers and the staff, their job, they're professionals. They're going to do what they're supposed to do to get you where you're supposed to be. And I I went through right. the combine myself, so I know the results is real as long as you come in there and handle business. If you come in there and act like the world owe you something, then you're going to get a rude awakening when it's time to cash in. Right, right. That's that's cool. Be a pro. Just take that training seriously. Take all aspects of it seriously. You know, one of the things that I was quoting John Gordon, I mean, uh, John Wooden a little bit earlier, and he was talking about kind of what you sort of alluded to there at the end is, you know, the weight room, the practice, the nutrition, and then make good choices. Just be morally correct. I think that's so important. I think some athletes lose their edge because they're not making good moral choices. And you sort of hit it there just talking about treating everybody the right way. Um, which is just something that I think is so important and got to do. 
And because if you don't, then you're just going to lose a little something, and then the next thing you know, you're going to lose that edge. And when you lose that edge, there's always somebody out there that's going to be more talented. And what they say, they say hard work beat the talent when the talent ain't working hard. Yep, there you go. That's it. That's it. Well, Will, we definitely appreciate it, man. Um, it was great talking with you, and we definitely want to get you back on sometime soon. And uh, good luck to you and all your endeavors. And, and again, we're definitely going to get together and do some things uh, with you all here at, from the West Foundation. But hey, we're going to take a little break. Uh, again, this is Everett West Foundation Sports Show, and we'll be back in a couple of minutes. Take care. a bit of a break from the norm just a little something to break the monotony of all that hardcore dance that has gotten to be a little bit out of control it's cool to dance but what about a groove that soothes the move romance give me a soft subtle mix and if it ain't broke then don't try to fix it and think of the summers of the past adjust the bass and let the alpine blast pop in my cd and let me run around and put your car on cruise and lay back because it's summertime Everybody sees you. 
There's an air of love and of happiness And this is the Fresh Prince's new definition of summer madness Hey, how's everybody going? doing? This is Everett Sands of the West Foundation Sports Show, and we are coming up on our third hour, um, starting that third hour off, and we have a young man that is excited and ready to get back rolling on the field. We have Devontae Holloman. Hey, how is everything going? Coach, I appreciate you having me, man. It's, it's going good. We, we literally just wrapped up practice and, and trying to get these boys out of here at home. I hear you, man. Well, hey, we appreciate you coming on. I know this is game week, first game week of the season, even though it's late September. Uh, I know this year has been different. How, from your perspective, how has COVID and all these changes uh, affected your program? Uh, it's it's affected us in a lot of different ways. Um, you know, we obviously missed a, a bunch of time in the spring together with spring football and um, things like that, and then continuing into the summer where you, you know, you do your your seven on sevens and and things like that. Um, you know, it just, it just we just missed out on a bunch of time that we have together. Also, you know, in in the recruiting aspect, um, some of our juniors and seniors missed opportunities to go to, um, you know, college campuses to visit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, do their height and weight, and let 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 coaches kind of see them face to face, and and also for the kids to let them see college campuses. So. Um, you know, it's, right. it's, it's affected our program in a lot of different ways. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, we're trying the best that we can to, you know, get our seniors recruited and, uh, you know, just, just prepare for the season on, on, on short notice. But, uh, you know, I think we're adjusting well, uh, not only my, my, my kids, my players, but my, my staff, my training staff mm-hmm. has been awesome throughout all of this. Um, you know, it's truly been a team effort to get us to this, this point that we are now to keep us safe. Uh, but also prepare and be ready for our first game. Good, good. Now let me ask this. Um, I think over in York County, you are actually in school or you are remote? Uh, It's an option on the family, uh, you know, depending on the family. So they had an option to go all virtual, all remote, um, or um, the other model is to A-Day, B-Day. So Mondays is actually kind of like an off day, and, and kids can come in at the teacher's request. Um, and then, uh, you know, A day is Tuesday, Thursday, and B day is Wednesday, Friday. So, you know, we get to see students in twice a week, and um, they also log in virtually when they're not at school. So we got a couple of different models. Right, right. So most of the football players, uh, are they choose to go online totally, or are they more the A day, B day? It's it's about half and half. I mean, it just, you know, it depends okay. on, you know, uh, risk. Um, some of our players – are a little little more high risk than others in terms of uh, you know corona you know the, the virus speaking. Uh, so Correct. you know some feel more comfortable being at home and and some you know of course want to get out the house and want their kids to be at school with teachers face to face. So uh, we're split about fifty mm-hmm. fifty man and um, you know we actually did our first little grade check today. Um, it, it's, it's helping some and and some you can obviously see that it's hurting some. So. Uh, as coaches, right. um, as, as a coach, man, I'm going to do my best to, you know, help the kids, uh, whether it's study hall or, 
you know, whatever we got to do to help them throughout this change and this process. Right, right, which I imagine that's that's definitely different, you know. For some kids, um, having a teacher on them every day Mm -hmm. to not have on them at all is a big struggle. So for some kids, they they don't need it. They can go and be self-directed and they'll be fine. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the big challenges of teaching is and coaching is knowing your kids and how they yeah, and it's, it's it's challenges on both sides. You know, it's challenging for the students, you know, to try to learn in the conditions, but it's also mm-hmm. challenging for the teachers as well. You know, to right. teach in these conditions and, and try to keep everybody on the same pace and on the same page and make sure nobody you know falls behind. It's it's just it's uh it's tough, uh, but we're all kind of working through it together. I will say, um, you know, my principal and, and our admin team has done a great job communicating with us teachers and, um, you know, letting us know, uh, you know, everything that we need to, you know, be doing to help our kids and, and really use, using and pulling every resource that we can to uh, help our kids, in you know, in school, virtually, right. whatever it can be. So, um, you know, I just want to, you know, give props to our, our, our principal, uh, Dr. Connor, and uh, our admin team as well. Okay. Good. Hey, communication is so important. And, yes, sir. Uh, it's great. Great job there. The, um, now, one of the things that I'm, I'm sure you're excited about it is game week, long-awaited game week. How excited are the guys to get ready to play and beat up on somebody else? Man, we uh, the guys are really excited. Honestly, and I know this may sound bad, but you can kind of understand where I'm coming from. Probably being, you know, being a former coach is, you know, we just we're ready to get to the game, man. You know, uh, we've been practicing against each other and giving each other looks for, you know, the the amount of time that we have. I think it was it wasn't until uh, late July um, that we could actually, you know, put a kid in front of a kid and have an actual competition. So. Um, you know, we're, right. we're just trying to get to Friday at this point. We we watched all the film that we can watch and, and, and you know, put all, you know, we, we're just ready, man. The kids are ready. The coaches are ready. Um, it's, it's, it's football season finally. Right, right. And it's it seems like it's been a long time coming. And this is sort of kind of you sort of alluded to earlier, and I think that this fall is going to be so important because of the fact that you didn't have spring practice. Uh, the kids weren't able to go to camps. So this fall is pretty much camps, spring practice, and fall all in one. So mm-hmm. the recruiting, I imagine, is definitely different um, than in years past. And I imagine the emphasis on the fall is going to be so much more than, than a lot of years in the past. What was your yes. thought process? How- It's a little unfair. Um, You know, is there a right answer? You know, really no. Um, You know, but the NCAA, uh, the colleges mostly are waiting to hear from the NCAA whether or not they're going to give this year's college seniors uh, another year of eligibility next year. Um, Now, if that happens, you know, it limits scholarships and it puts this high school senior class, the 2021 senior class, at a a disadvantage. Um, You know, there'll be less scholarships to give out from colleges. So, um, you know, it just kind of leaves the 2021 class hanging. Um, I'm hoping that doesn't happen. I'm hoping that everybody kind of gets to play uh, some kind of season, whether it be in the fall or the spring, and and we can kind of get back on track. But, 
Um, from a recruiting aspect, I think it just puts a lot of stress on the seniors, of course, because, you know, by now, uh, I would say about 60, 60% of the, the, the top seniors would know, you know, where they're going by right. now. Um, exactly. But it's just, exactly. it, it's, it's just a lot of pieces that got to fall before, you know, decisions can be made. And, and like I said, it just puts the senior class at a disadvantage. It puts more pressure on them to perform this, this fall or at the end of their senior season to put together a good tape to show coaches. And um, it's, it, like I said, the only word I could think of is unfair, but, you know, what's the right answer? I don't know. Right, exactly, exactly. Because I know that the NCAA is, is giving everybody another year. So on one hand, does that mean that they're going to have extra scholarships or they got the same amount of scholarships and now – um, there's just less that they can have for the incoming class. And yeah, I guess that's, that's what everybody's that. waiting to hear. Right. Which is going to be interesting. Because uh, even uh, I know for the spring sports, that's part of the issue. Um, they gave those kids another year, I gave an opportunity to come back. So now they had already signed those other kids. So it's kind of like they had an extra scholarship. Um, but now I got all these seniors, and I got an incoming freshman. Does that mean I get another year? Does the freshman get another year? I mean, there's a lot of unknowns in that. Yeah, and, and like I said, man, I, the the best word I can, you know, use it to describe, you know, describe the situation is just unfair. Um, you know, it's. Right. You know, it's truly effects of a, of a pandemic. Um, so, you know, there's nothing we can do but, you know, try to put our, our my, you know, me, try to put my seniors in the best spot to, to show what they have. And, you know, hopefully, mm-hmm. you know, some, some college will take a chance on them and, and just give them a chance to live out their dreams and play at the next level. Right, right. So how many seniors do you all have this year? Uh, we have 28 seniors. Um, 28? Pretty, pretty, pretty good group. Um, a lot of them have, uh, you know, experienced a little bit of a taste of a championship their freshman year. Uh, probably get moved up on varsity. We won it the last time our freshman their, their freshman year, uh, and, right. and you know haven't, haven't really been back since, man. But you know this this senior group is hungry. Um, uh, you're starting to see some leaders leaders emerge, and, and as a coach, that's all you could ask for, especially around this time of year, um, for the seniors and, and your and, and your guys that have experience to kind of take charge of the team a little bit. Right, right. Well, good, good. It's always good to see those guys grow and, and move into that, that leadership position. Okay? Yes, sir. It's so important of uh, a team that's led by members of the team versus led by the coaching staff. When you got that, that means that uh, you got a little something special there. So, yeah. Well, good. Yeah, I think I think we're, I think we're growing and, and starting to you know build a different type of culture, even than we already had. You know, we it's, it's always been a winning right. culture here at South Point, but you know the, the kids are starting to understand you know discipline, hard work, um, accountability. Um, some of the words that you know my coaching staff kind of uses a lot. Um, I mean, from not only things on the field, but grade accountability. I'm actually looking at a stack of grades right now. Um, you know, we just we're holding them accountable for everything that they do, and and, and they're buying in, and, and we're getting better at at a rapid pace, um, even though we missed a lot of time. Right. Well, good, 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 good. Well, you had uh, you played at the University of South Carolina. Yes, sir. Um, and, and then you also had a. I think that's where I, 
I had opportunity to be on the coaching staff there. Um, mm-hmm. And then you also had a chance to play with the Dallas, excuse me, Cowgirls for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but the SEC is preparing to start playing as well. Um, I imagine that they're biting at the bit just as much as you all to get on the field. Um, what what kind of things do you expect out of South Carolina this year? Um, you know, man, I'm I'm always positive and, and rooting for Coach Muschamp and the Gamecocks. Um, you know, but I it's re- it's really hard to tell. You know, usually by now I get to go down to a practice or a spring game and kind of see it a little bit. Um, I, I know that we've you know done a great job in recruiting over the past couple of years, so. You know, it's just mm-hmm. a matter of them, you know, getting on the same page, um, you know, who's going to execute the fundamentals. Um, you know, football is a simple game, really, at the end of it. You know, it's blocking, tackling, um, you know, and execution. So, um, you know, I, right. I do, all like always, man, I have high expectations for, you know, my alma mater, and, and I look forward to rooting for them and cheering them on and see how they do, how they do this season. Right, right. Now, I heard of that quarterback, the transfer quarterback that came uh, – from um, Colorado State, Coach Bobo is was lighting it up uh, doing some spring practice, or spring practice, excuse me, scrimmages. It's not spring, <laughs> um, but some of the scrimmages, and he looks really good. So I don't, I don't know if they've actually named him the starter or, or what. If it's the Colorado State kid, I think they did. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But I said, and, and no, I, I would imagine Coach Bobo's the offensive coordinator, so he, he's he played for Coach Bobo. He knows that system. So I imagine that probably gave them a little bit of edge as well. Um, so, but they have a a big star that they got to replace in Brandon Edwards. Um, who's who do you think is going to pick up that slack? Uh, I think you, you to replace somebody like that, um, you got to kind of do it by committee. Um, you know, Shaw Smith. I, I love watching him. Hopefully, he stays health, uh, healthy. Um, you know, but I'm also watching some of the young guys coming in, man. Um, Jakari Caldwell actually coached against him last year at Northwestern High School. I see he's second okay. on the depth chart. Um, you know, I, I, I watched him, tall, linky guy, can really run. Um, you know, right. just really didn't have anybody to kind of throw him the ball last year. So um, I think, you know, we, we have a lot of young guys, and we're going to have to do it by committee. But, um, you know, Shot Smith definitely stretching the field and then, seeing some of the young guys get in and get the opportunities like Caldwell and see what they do with it. Uh, it it's it's just, you know, an exciting time, a lot of unknowns, and, and, and I'm, I'm excited to watch all teams kind of figure it out as they go along. Right, right. And I think South Carolina's probably in a, in a good spot because of so many unknowns and nobody knows what they have, so they can come out and be on fire and, and do some things. Of yes, course, sir. Always root, always root from the Gamecock, so – now the uh, uh, moving on to your other team, they had a very interesting game this past weekend. The, the Cowboys and the Falcons. That was that was a uh, an interesting deal. Yeah, I, I didn't get to watch much of it. Some, you know, I was checking the scores every every couple every right. couple of minutes, and uh, I actually stopped checking after probably the, the third quarter. And and uh, one of my friends called me saying that the Cowboys won. And I thought it was a joke. I thought they were trying to mess with me, but uh, you know, it, it took it took me about ten minutes to actually believe that they won. And once I saw it, I couldn't believe it. But a win is a win, and uh, you know, we'll yep. take it one and one. That's better than zero and two. Hey, as as uh, Coach 
Coach Spur used to say, there's no such thing as a bad win. Yes, sir. So uh, you definitely enjoy that while you can. Celebrate it for 24 hours, put it away, and let's keep going. Yeah, we got we got another another big one coming up um, this week. I'm actually looking forward to that Monday night game. Um, Russell, Russell, uh, I'm sorry, not Russell. Um, Lamar Jackson versus uh, Pat Mahomes. Yeah, uh, yeah, know, that's a big good one. Yeah, that, it, it was just a, a great weekend of sports. Um, you know, I think Sunday I had LeBron playing, and then uh, you know the Patriots versus Seahawks. Um, you know, some of my favorite players in, in the game right now on, on those two teams playing each other. So it was just it, it's great to have sports back and, and, and another great sports weekend. Yeah, it was. It was. Now I, I watched, you know, kind of uh, what I did. I sort of waited to watch any games through the evening, so I got a chance to watch the uh, the Seahawks and, and the Patriots game. And, mm-hmm. and I thought Cam Newton, he, he did some good things. But uh, Russell Wilson just threw a couple of those balls up, and, and that big receiver went and got it. Now, they, they, that was uh, pretty impressive. Pretty impressive, so. Yeah, yeah, it was, good. Um, yeah it, it was a good game. And Russell Wilson underrated. Cam Newton, I think, is hungry and coming back and, and showing people that yeah. he can still play. And then, of course, you know, uh, root for my guy, Stephon Gilmore. Um, cont- hope yep. he continues to have success uh, like he has and, and make us all proud. Yep, definitely. He's had a, a great career up to this point. I know he's going to continue doing what he's doing. Um, so it's uh, not just representing South Carolina, but representing Rock Hill. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. So now Rock Hill has put a lot of guys in the NFL. The um, and there's been a lot of how many guys right now from the Rock Hill area are still playing? Do you know? Uh, Coach, it, yeah, it's a, it's a lot, man. I can't, I couldn't tell you. Um, I could probably tell you the number of South Point guys playing. Probably about right. three or well, maybe four or five South Point guys um, wow. in the league right now. Um, you know, a couple of Northwestern guys as well. So, um, you know, it's, it's something in the water down here. Um, the kids work hard. The, the, the coaching is top-notch. I'm talking um, all the way down to the youth leagues, um, just right. seeing how hard these kids work. Um, you know, it, it, there's a reason why uh, Rock Hill is named Football City USA. Right, definitely, definitely. Because when was it a couple of years ago, there was three different schools in the state championship. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, it, it, it could happen again this year. You know, don't be surprised if it happens again. But it's, you know, there's a lot of talent here. Um, it's just a matter of, you know, what I preach to my boys every day. You know, making sure you're taking care of the main things, your grades, your schoolwork. Um, you can have all the talent in the world, but without those things, um, you know, you 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 can't go anywhere. So, you know, that with, with all that talent, you know, there's been a lot of guys that did make it for those reasons, and um, you know. With better guidance, like like the coaches are giving, you know, we're preventing that from happening. So, um, you know, we're, we're gonna keep working, we're gonna keep pushing, and and, and you, hopefully you see many more Rock Hill guys, um, you know, make it to college and the pro level in the future. Right now, is there anybody in the Rock Hill area right now that you like that dude? That dude right there is gonna be a a, a pro player. Ah, uh, yeah, and I'll, you know, I've I've been there before, so I know. You know how many things have to fall into place. You know, uh, athletic right. ability, right. Men- mentality, toughness. 
um, you know, confidence. There, there's a lot that goes into becoming a pro player. You don't just become a pro player because you, you're good at football. You got to have certain intangibles. So, um, you know, mm-hmm. I don't want to, I don't want to speak on that, you know, too early and, and put any kind of, you know, any more pressure on any of these kids than they already have. But I will say, man, there are a yeah. lot of, a lot of top talent, uh, probably in the state of South Carolina, right here in Rock Hill. Um, and I'm a little biased, you know, of course my, my, my guy, Omega Blake, uh, wide receiver, mm-hmm. DB, actually going to play quarterback for us. Um, look for him to have okay. a really good year. Um, Rocky Ohio has a tight end that just committed to Alabama. Um, you know, they, you know, there's, there's a bunch of guys in this class that I think has potential, but, um, you know, just hoping that they maximize their potential and do the right things to get them where they want to go. Right. Right. We're good. Good. The, um, now this year, just just thinking of that, um, but the young man who just committed to Alabama, as he was talking about, your guy, um, how important is this fall season? You know, we alluded to it earlier about how there was no spring ball. There was no uh, summer camps. So how important is this fall season for, for this class of 2021? Big time, man. Um, you know, like like we talked about, they they miss that springtime where they get to go and the coaches get to see them face to face. So, a lot of the a lot of their looks are gonna come solely on their senior film and, and how they perform this season. Which, you know, I I can't say is unfair, but you know, again, you know, they just they missed out on so many opportunities that I just I worry about the pressure of the senior. You know, the seniors putting a lot of pressure on themselves. Um, instead right. of just relaxing and going out and playing. So, if anything, that's, you know, that's kind of what I've been talking to my seniors about, just relax and play. Let the game come to you. You know, don't try to force things to happen so much. Just kind of let it happen. Right, right, which is definitely a, a big thing. You know, we did a – we at West Foundation, we did a mental wellness uh, webinar, which you can still find online on Facebook. And we was talking about where – how mental wellness affects athletic performance. Yeah. Uh, just, you know, I call it self-talk. You know, mm-hmm. there's, there's, a, there's a self-talk where you can talk yourself into a good play, you can talk yourself out of a good play. And then there's that, at times, internal pressure that you put on yourself, and, and the other times is the external pressure from maybe your parents or your peers um, mm-hmm. that you put on you too well. And, and all those things are are, are factors in, in how well you play. And sometimes it's good to sit down and talk to somebody about it. And unfortunately, yeah, man, I've, I've had a, I had a couple of my guys, you know, sit down and talk to me. Just they they feel the pressure, right. whether it be internally, externally. You know, their friends and family asking, you know, where are you going next year. Those, those are tough questions to answer. You know, especially right. for a kid who does have talent. You know, there, there are a lot of kids that, that have that have a lot of talent, um, but they just haven't gotten offers because they haven't had these opportunities. So it's, you know, it is tough, man. But uh, you know, a, a, as a coach, I, I try my hardest to, you know, get the boys to just relax and focus on, you know, what's right in front of them. Um, you know, we're, we're constantly as, as as a team um, setting new goals every day, um, just trying to be the best version of us. Um, and that's and control the things that we can control this season. And that's the good key right there. If you can control what you can control, then you're going to be all right. And, you yeah. know, one of the big there is just get better every day. Find something to get better at every day. 
And if you do that, yes, sir. by the end, you're going to be pretty doggone good. Uh, but the thing is, for most of them, and some of them aren't willing to do that, you got to be honest with yourself. Did I do something to get better today? Some yes, of them sir. That's, aren't that's, gonna be that's the question we ask every day. Did, did we get better today? Right. And, and and the boys either know we did or we didn't. There, there is no staying the same. So Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Every day I'm going to get better or get worse. There is no staying the same. And, yes, sir. Uh, sooner understand that, I think the better off they're going to be. So, now yes, who do y'all have this week? Uh, we got Catawba Ridge High School in Fort Mill. They're a, a second-year program, returning all of their varsity guys from last year. So, um, you know, I, I think it'll be challenging. Um, but, again, you know, our focus is kind of on us and making sure we, we play to our level and, and not playing anybody else's level. But, um, it should be a good matchup, and, and, and we are letting fans in, which is a whole nother catastrophe, but we're doing the best that we can to manage, with, you know, everything going on. Well, good. Now, y'all have a certain amount of fans coming in, or are y'all letting everybody in? Uh, well, yeah, we got a limited amount, so I think it's just 25% okay. capacity, which for us is not not many, you know, probably about right. uh, 1,000, maybe 1,500 fans, if that. Okay. So is it first come, first serve, or how do they determine who can come and who can't? <laughs> Man, if I if I had a dollar for every time somebody asked me that, yeah, we, we try to do a good job of, of taking care of our parents first, of course, wanting them to see their kids play, um, especially, right. uh, you know, our senior group. Uh, we're actually doing our senior night the first game just because we don't okay. know. You know, we're not guaranteed to have a, another game. So we want to make sure we do right by the senior class, honor our seniors. So we, we try to do a good job of taking care of our players and, and you know, the parents first uh, before we release tickets to the general public. And, and also our students, um, you know, making sure our students have a chance to come and, and, and root on their peers, cheer on their peers. Um, so, you know, we, we try to take care of those things all while also, um, you know, taking care of the away team too. So it's, you know, like I said, it's, it's been a work in progress, and, and we're still kind of working through it, you know, even today. But, um, you know, we're, you know, we're looking forward to Friday, man, just trying to get to the game, Coach. Right, right. We're good, good. Well, hey, man, well, good luck on, on this weekend, and good luck the rest of the season. And hopefully we can get you back out here as, as you are preparing for a undefeated season. I'm just going to speak life on it now. And, I appreciate uh, it, Good Coach. luck to you, you guys. And, uh Thank you for coming on. Yes, sir. And Thank you for having me. Like I said, Coach, we get a chance to get you back on here back. I'll be ready. All right. Well, sounds good, man. You take care. Right. Thank you. And, hey, we're going to take a break, and we'll be back for the final 30 minutes. The truth can hurt you, or the truth can change you. What will truth do to you? I just want to be happy. But if I keep on doing the things that keep on bringing me pain, there's no one else I can blame if I'm not happy. Wasted time, but now I can see the biggest enemy, it was me, so I'm not happy. Cry yourself to sleep, shout and raise your hand, it won't change a thing, child, until If you're tired of seeing the same, if you're tired of things not changing, it's time. 
but it only works if Look at yourself and say, don't you want to be happy? Yeah. I just want to be happy. But if I keep on giving my heart for people to tear apart, the healing will never stop so I can be happy. Yes, Lord. Will I ever be happy? Cry yourself to sleep. Shout and raise your I'm talking to you to say If you're
and it looks like they're just reloading and got some more to come. Um, but, Jalen, it was a pretty good night, man. It was a pretty good night. We, we talked a good a little bit of football, and uh, we, we're definitely looking for another great football weekend this, uh, coming up. Yes, sir. Yeah, what did you think of everybody? I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. Can you say that again? Okay, um, and what do you think of the weekend coming up? Um, the big game, well, one of the big games that I'm going to be looking at, of course, is the South Carolina-Tennessee game. Um, but I also got to check out my alma mater, uh, the Citadel. They got Eastern Kentucky coming to town. I think this is their only home game. And so it's – it's uh, they, they actually spent – First weekend, they went to South Florida. Last weekend, they went to Clemson. Um, then they're going to finish the four-game stretch up at Army. So three Division ones. So those boys are, are definitely um, out there fighting the uphill battle. But I think, you know, they're just going to continue to get better, which will be good. So good to see uh, Eastern Kentucky coming down this weekend. It just I'll sounds be, like some real football. Yeah, but, um, I think it is. I'm looking forward to seeing my alma mater play as well, UTSA versus um, Middle Tennessee. And then I'm really looking forward to seeing to see what's going on this Sunday versus the Cowboys in Seattle. Ah, uh, now they're going – and you know what? I don't think home field advantage matters right now. Um, but is Seattle coming down to Dallas or is Dallas going up to Seattle? I, I believe we're playing. We're playing in Seattle. I believe we're playing in Thank Seattle. You. Okay. All right. All right. Now, Russell Wilson put on a pretty good show last week against uh, the Patriots. He had a couple of throws in there that were incredible. Um, so it's going to be a it's going to be a pretty good day. It's going to be a pretty good day. Now, that, they found a way to win last week. That we did. did. You watch that game. Did you, did you yes, watch that one? I, I honestly, I could not believe that we won, but I would say it, it all came down to finishing. They finished the game. They didn't start it well, but they finished it. If right. you do that, there's no telling what can happen at the end of the game. Yep, that's true. Hey, as as Coach Selfo used to say, it only takes one second to win a football game. That's it. Yes, sir. One second. That's it. It only takes one. And if you put yourself in position, anything could happen. Anything could happen. So, so that's that's. We also got a, a basketball game coming on tonight in about twenty five minutes. Um, you got the uh, Lakers and the Nuggets. So, one, you know what? It's good to have sports back on television. Agreed. You know. Because there was, I guess it was probably about three months there where there was no sports. Um, it was just all reruns of old games. And that did get kind of old. So it was definitely great to have sports back on. And and I'm sure that the athletes are, are happy to be back out there as well. The, now, do you, are you a big basketball fan? Uh, semi, semi. I, I used to be are you more a of a fan? basketball fan. Ah, fan of him off the court. Wouldn't say that I'm a big fan of him on the court. Okay. All right. All right. But they're up two to nothing right now. So you oh, think I Denver's going to be 
Uh-huh. And the, to be realistic about it, they're they're probably gonna get out of there in four. I don't see Denver okay. winning one. Okay. All right. All right. Now, do you think they're gonna sweep everything? So they're gonna go from there. Do you think the Boston and Miami gonna have a shot, or who you think's gonna win on the other side? Honestly, I don't think it matters. I think LeBron James walks away with another ring at the end of this season. All right. So it, 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 you saying <laughs> my prediction? You saying the king, the king is going back on the throne? Is what you saying? He's he's going back. Uh, they they disrespected him all season. They gave the, his MVP away to Giannis. He he's angry. So I think he's about to play. Well, he's already playing at a high level, but I think he's got he's about to take it to another level. So you don't think Giannis should have got the MVP, huh? If if we're going off of stats and his production throughout the year, yes. But right. I mean, if we're just going off of what we see. It's clear that LeBron is still the best player in the NBA. Yeah, okay. I'm not going to argue that. But his stats was better. You're just saying LeBron just does a better job dishing the ball out and sharing a little bit. Yeah, he LeBron, he's on a – he's in a different era of his career. I mean, I, I'm not going to say he's out of his prime, but I – like to say that at this point in his career, his IQ is higher than his athletic ability, so he just makes okay. plays differently. Right, right, right. And there's something to be something to being about a something to, about being a student of the game. So that is, exactly. that is definitely that's definitely important. And you know that sort of makes me think of I had an opportunity to do an internship with the Carolina Panthers um, back in 2000. And the first preseason game, we played Jacksonville. And on the scouting report, I was like, this can't be right. It's got to be a mistake. One of the corners, they had the 40s on there, and he ran a 4.8. And I was just like, how can a corner in the NFL run a 4.8? But, again, if you're a student of the game and you understand the angles and, and, and all that particulars, you can, and you know you can read that receiver and break and it can happen. And that guy was a starter. So it's, hey, being a student of the game and having a high IQ, regardless of what the sport is, is, is a big deal. It is a big the mind deal. is very Definitely. You know, experience is something that you can't replace. And it sort of puts you in a, in a spot where you're a little bit different than, than some of the other people that's around you. Uh, so... Hey, we'll see what happens with that. We'll see what happens with that. Now, you know, one of the big things that uh, earlier today that, that Brian Turk talked about, and I thought it was uh, a, a good statement, you know, he was talking about what would he pass on to uh, young people. And he said, don't get caught up in measuring your success by everyone else's variables. And that is so profound um, because – if you sit here and compare yourself to everybody else, then you might be like, "Well, I'm, I'm not that good." But at the same time, you got to bring, you got to know what you do well, and if you know what you do well and do that well, you put yourself in in a situation where you can be successful. But if you're constantly comparing yourself to everybody else, that might not be good, and you might think less of yourself. Um, what do you think of that statement? 
I think that's a very true statement. It, it honestly reminds me of something that you used to tell us every day before practice. Um, we're not trying to be better than anyone else. We're just trying to be better than who uh, than what we were yesterday. That's it. And if you have that mindset, then you'll be able to conquer and achieve any goal or anything that you set in front of yourself. That is very true, man. That's very true. And that's that's something that uh, regardless if, if it's sports or you're in business, you, that's an attitude that you can take with you, and that's definitely going to help you be better. That's going to definitely help you be better. And, you know, uh, another thing, just, just talking with, with Joe Horn, which, you know, we always talk about how we want kids to understand that they can be successful um, without being a professional athlete. And I think a big key is we don't want to take their dream away. And that's one of the things that, that Joe talked about is that never let anybody take your dream away. And we're we definitely not trying to take anybody's dream away. But we want to just help prepare them for whenever that time after their sport is. But but there are times that you have the, the naysayers, or, or as they say, the haters. Um, but you got to be mentally strong enough to put that aside and do what you need to do to put yourself in a position to be successful. Right. And there's times when I think people, they hear the haters or hear the naysayers, and that might not or that might deter them from putting in the work that they could put in to get to the goal that they want to have. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of great things that were said tonight. And, you know, I'm going to go on and move on to um, Exos. You know, they say they got four things that they work on. And, again, Exos, they do a great job of help prepare guys with the combine. Four things that they work on is mindset, Movement, nutrition, and recovery. Okay. Now think of those things and think of your collegiate career. Um, how do you think that that played into played a factor in your collegiate career? Oh, every single one of them were a factor in my career at some point in time, whether I was right doing it or I was in dire need and help and trying to figure out how to do that for myself. Right, right. Which one do you think was, for you, the one that you had to work on the most? Hmm. i said say one that affected me the most would be nutrition. Nutrition, Okay. Nutrition. And, and nutrition. not necessarily from, from a diet standpoint or anything like that, but probably right. from a recovery standpoint and just uh, mm-hmm. doing everything that I possibly could to uh, make sure that my body was ready for Saturdays. Right, right, right. And, you know, again, from a nutrition standpoint, just to put it out there, next week we're going to have uh, – a nutritionist uh, on with us so we can just talk more about the importance of nutrition and what a good diet should look like, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but nutrition is so vital. The One of the things that, that we did mention that you can't outwork a bad diet. And, you know, one of the, the pictures that I saw 
on Instagram once was it had weights on one side and food on the other. And it was talking about people think that this is hard, point to the weights, but it's like the real difference maker is this, and it's pointing to the food, which is so important. And, you know, when I was when I was playing, nutrition was definitely not as big of a deal as it is now. You know, so it, it was nothing for me after a practice to go get me a quarter pounder with cheese and a strawberry milkshake <laughs> and think I'm putting good stuff back in my body. <laughs> uh, you would never do that now. But but nutrition is just such an important part of being an athlete these days, and, and really just being healthy. So it's uh, and of course the recovery is a part of it as well. Now how are you how are you doing nutrition wise? There is a uh, football coach on the other side oh. of the coin now. Well, I will say that my diet hasn't changed much, but the way that I work out has. So yeah. <laughs> You, you can you can tell that I'm coaching. You know, my body is starting to show. <laughs> well, <laughs> hey, it's time for you to go on and make sure that that you get on that good nutrition tip as well, <laughs> and, and then increase uh, that 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 weight workout like you used to. But uh, <laughs> but. <laughs> Oh man, that's funny. That's a good one. That is a good one. The uh, <laughs> one of the big things here uh, that I know that I'm excited about is, is that high school football is coming back. Um, and I'm not. I'm probably not as excited about high school, but middle school football is is starting as well. And Josiah is now in the eighth grade, and they have their first game next Wednesday. So I'm definitely looking forward to seeing Josiah out there running around, and uh, he's going to play corner, he's going to play wide receiver, um, and see him do his thing. You know, so it's it's good to uh, to have sports back, as we said earlier, to have football back, um, and actually, I am looking forward to all the football that's going to be happening around this weekend. So. The um, one of I think we had another technical difficulty again. I lost my co-host, but that's okay. We'll get him back on here in a second. Um, but we are definitely looking forward to some of the big games that we have coming up um, around the state from a high school's perspective, and then also from the collegiate perspective. Um, Jalen, you back with us? Yes, sir. Back here. All right, good. Good, good, good. The um, high schools, they're back rolling on Friday night, Saturdays. Uh, we have a couple of games around the state. I'm looking forward to that. And then Sunday, we will be some NFL games as well. Um, but football, football is, is, you know, watching basketball is good. Watching baseball is good. But there's something about watching football a little bit. What do you think about game? And I might have lost him again. I might have lost him again. Hey, we got some technical I'm, I'm difficulties. Here. I'm but... here. You, you went out. Oh, you I went couldn't out. hear you. Okay. Uh, we just talked about the opportunity to have football back. 
How how do you think that affects the psyche of a lot of people? Um, I mean, I feel like it's uplifting a lot of spirits. You know, for I believe it's been six months now we've been stripped of what we normally do and like our everyday lifestyle. So just to see something that you're familiar with and something that makes you comfortable and and implies that you're having a good time. You know, I, I feel like everyone's just their spirits are uplifted and happy to see some uh, some competition between some athletes. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And and now we got it back in, in the state of South Carolina on all levels, um, as we said. And, you know, one of the interesting things is that youth sports never really stopped. And I think soccer's probably soccer, baseball, um, I'm not sure about volleyball, but I know soccer and baseball were definitely still steady during the spring, or excuse me, during the summer, which I thought was good just to get the kids running around, and, and I think that opened the door for the for football to actually get started as well. So it's I agree. sports is good. Sports is sports is good for our society, um, and, and I'm excited. I'm I'm ready to get rolling. I'm ready to. To, to see some guys get back at it. I'm ready to see the SEC playing this weekend. Uh, I'm just ready for some football, man. I'm ready for some football. How about you? You ready to get back out there? Oh, yeah. I can't I, I can't wait. I'm ready to be on the sideline and, and just breathe in the fresh air, see the, the turf pellets, all of it. I'm ready to experience everything again. It's been too long. It has, it has. But hey, before long, before you know it, you can be back out there, and that's going to be a good thing. Uh, I know you all are going to practice. You guys are going to play in the spring, which that's going to be different. You know, uh, I think in the north, it might be a little different than than in the south, because in February, March, it'll be a little bit colder than normal. Um, sure. But, probably not going to be a big deal for them. I imagine Louisiana, the temperature is not going to be much different than it is now in February and March. Uh, so that would only be a factor for some schools. But I'm uh, just talking with uh, Coach Turk earlier. They're not going to start until April. So another big factor with the spring season is if they start in April, or excuse me, they're finishing April. They're going to start in March, excuse me. So they're starting March, and they're finishing April. Um, so that's going to give you May, June, July, and then you're back at it again. Uh, so that's another aspect of it. Because so that's a quick turnaround. To have a season, and then three months later, you're preparing for another season. That's a quick turnaround. The, uh, what, what are you from a body perspective that's going to that's gonna have an effect on the guys? I think it's going to have a great effect. I don't know what type of effect, but I think it it will determine a great deal. I honestly believe that the next upcoming season that we have in the fall, it will show which teams in America have the best training and nutrition staff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think those things that uh, – that Will talked about with the Exos, the mindset, 
the movement, the nutrition and recovery recovery is going to be huge um, because that is a shortened recovery time. And, yep, I think that's going to make a huge difference. That would definitely make a huge difference. So so we'll see. But as you said, there's a lot of unknowns, so we'll see what happens. Maybe there um, some recovery stuff come up, and they'll, and they'll, I'm sure they'll have a plan for that. Everybody will. And I wonder if you play more games in the fall and you still play in the spring. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot of questions that we still got to get answered. But we'll see. But in the meantime, we're just going to go on and enjoy the games that we have. Um, exactly. Enjoy the high school football that's starting up this week. And enjoy the SEC starting to play this week. And the NFL's in full swing, so we're just ready to enjoy some football and enjoy the basketball playoffs, uh, the baseball playoffs. Right now, we're sort of in sport utopia because there's a lot of sports. Regardless of what your sport is, there's a lot of different sports that's on TV now, uh, which was so much different than a couple months ago. So we'll let's make sure we enjoy that. Um, but we're going to go on and wrap up. I want to thank all of our, our guests for the day. I want to thank uh, all the sponsors uh, that have continued to support the West Foundation. I want to thank you, Jalen, for coming on and being my uh, guest co-host this week. We really appreciate that. Thank really you. good catching up with you. Thank you, and, man. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll be back next week on Tuesday at 6 o'clock, and we're going to have another great lineup. And, again, one of the things that we talked about, which we said is definitely important, is we're going to be talking nutrition. That's the big thing we're going to talk next week. Uh, but we will have a great lineup. I look forward to everybody tuning in next week. Again, Jalen, thanks for joining me. And everybody have a great day.